another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast with me, your host, Megan Tripp. If you've heard me on podcasts other than this one, you may have heard me guest on As If the Clueless Movie Podcast or The Social Minute, the Social Network Movie Podcast, or perhaps you know my guest from any one of his seven podcast endeavors. It's Darren Husted. Hi, Darren. Hello. I think there's actually eight. Uh, oh. But that's only if you count the the mini podcast that I did about Seven, which I called Seven in Seven, where I went through the film based on its sins, um, uh, which was part of which was part of the social minute because obviously it's also another David Fincher directed film. So uh, uh, I don't okay. know if you count that as an eighth, but you know, at this point I'm losing count myself. <laughs> Does it have its own RSS feed? No, it doesn't. It's uh, okay, it's, it's it part of count. social minute. <laughs> Yeah, no, so this is it. I mean, you know, it was a lot of organising and it was a completely separate yeah. project. But still, you know, I was too lazy. I was like, just, it's David Fincher, so I'll, I'll just stick it in the middle of the social minute and see, see how it does. Um, did I pronounce your name correctly? Now I'm concerned. <laughs> I didn't notice that you pronounced it wrong. So Okay, great. Then I probably did it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you watch many made-for-TV movies? I would I have to say a resounding I would say a resounding no. I mean um prior to watching this film, I mean I think I know about them. Um uh, but they're not really like a genre that is like familiar over here. Like over mm. here because we've got like the BBC and we've got ATV. Yeah. Um they pump out stuff, you know, so a trend that I've noticed in the last few years is they will do like a a five night drama. So they'll mm. do five hour long episodes and they'll do them every single night at like a certain time. Um, there was a big one which I think I don't know if it's travelled to the US called The Bodyguard um, which was about someone being like a bodyguard to a woman prime minister and you know oh, he was yeah. hot and sexy and you know it was mm-hmm. like it was like you know a, effectively like a mini series of like I don't know four or five episodes and then the following year they kind of did like the follow up yeah and the episodes were like really popular and you know it's yeah. like I think it was the first thing you know apart from soap operas over here that had got like millions of viewers you know because literally nobody watches TV anymore so um you know and stuff like uh broad church which i'm sure americans are familiar with particularly because mm-hmm. they remade it in america which was a weird choice i know but the um, same actor which was odd <laughs> yeah yeah so I mean, that kind of David like Tennant, don't get me wrong yeah i mean like the thing i think with broad church again i think it's one of those things where it's like they did like three episodes a week for a couple of weeks and like the, the kind of the i don't know almost to make it like a water cooler type thing where it's like you have to you have to stay up to date with it you have to talk about it and mm-hmm. um so it's there's a lot of those TV. types of dramas but like you know made for tv movies it's just uh, over here you know things fit into like an hour long slot or a half hour slot really easy an Mm. hour and a half is a really hard apart from and this is this is something that i you know obviously in watching this i thought about um channel four uh they have a habit of doing these like they they do like a made for tv movie but it's always Mm. about politicians um so they did one about or a documentary uh, well, about a kind of, it's kind of like a, a dramatization of like a specific moment. So, uh, for example, there was a there was a, a one called a, there was one called a very social secretary, which was about uh, David Blunkett, who was a blind home secretary, um, and he was an MP. Obviously, he's blind, and he had an affair with someone, and you know, it, it, he he ended, he ended up having to quit, and then literally like eighteen months later, Channel Four made this like, you know, kind of. 90 minute kind of film about it um they did one called the deal which was about how tony blair and gordon brown agreed who was going to run to be 
uh, leader of the Labour Party in 1995. <laughs> these, these are very esoteric <laughs> subjects for, for Americans, I feel. But they also did one about the negotiations for the when David Cameron became prime minister. You know, because we, we had like a you know a hung election basically. And, you know, there was no there was no kind of outright winner, and so there was kind of the Lib Dems and the Tories came together. So Channel Four have done quite a few of those where, you know, it's about a specific kind of like political moment. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't we don't really go in for the kind of like melodrama. Um, yeah, and I also, was going to say like, that I th- if if BBC makes something, they actually have a budget, so <laughs> they wouldn't be yeah. able to make like some <laughs> janky little thing on the side because they they have money. <laughs> I I would the funny thing is I would say that you know there were some uh, there were some TV channels over here because like I'm, most of the kind of smaller TV channels will just show like American TV programs, um, mm. and I think there might have even been like a Lifetime over here. Um, because I remember, well, there's a specific program, which is the only program I've ever watched that was made by Lifetime. Um, and I remember it being advertised over here as being on like Lifetime. And I was like, that's weird. And, and and it turns out like there was like a a UK subsidiary of Lifetime. Um, and that was the client list, um, which, uh, which was the Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. Yeah. Where she was, she was a masseur. Um, and so, I mean, I watched every episode of that because that, that show was insane. (laughs) Um, and the entire premise was basically that she was running a massage parlor uh, but they also did other stuff Mm -hmm. and but they didn't they but they couldn't be found out that they're doing other stuff Um, (laughs) yeah and and basically that was it for like there was two i think it was two seasons it went for and literally every single episode was is she going to be found out and that was the entire that was the entire tension of the show and is her like ex-boyfriend going to find out or is her sister going to find out um and her sister's her sister's husband was um, one of those guys off Mad Men. Um, I'm trying oh. to remember one of the one of the actors off Mad Men, and I was like, oh no, no, I'm lying, not off Mad Men. It was Greg Grunberg uh, out of every J.J. Abrams project. Um, oh, okay. And he looks a little bit like I think Michael Gladys. That's why I'm confusing them. But I was like, oh, so but but his entire subplot was just like him and his wife, and they had some problems. And I was like. Why doesn't he just go to this massage parlor and get, get things sorted? Like it, it felt, it felt like the answer to every single problem was going to the massage parlor. But you know, some people just unwilling to to do that. Uh, but yeah, and th- that ended like on like a cliffhanger, and then they cancelled it. And I was like, oh, okay, you know. Um, yeah. But that's that's my only exposure to Lifetime uh, prior to watching this film, um, because like I said, you know, made for TV movies. I mean, we understand them over here through kind of osmosis <laughs> as, as being a terrible thing, but mm. they're just not a thing that any channel over here would really put as on. We, are, and, uh, you know, yeah. our, our mainstream networks only really show the successful American programs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't even say the good American programs, just the, just ones, the ones that are popular. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that are popular that someone will buy them and put them on over here and, you know, uh, run them for years. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I like mean, for some reason, are you being served? Will show up on PBS, and it's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the question when I saw it over here. I was like, what is? Why? I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of. Are you? I'm, what's weirder is, are you being served? Was revived like 15 years after it was cancelled, like was it? with all the same. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. It was called something like Grace Brothers and Sons. Like all of the oh. people who used to work at this department store, which had shut down, like years mm. later, they were working at some other venue. And I was like, this seems this seems weird. Like, uh, I think they all died at the end of the last season of the original yeah. one, and this is just purgatory, and they're working through this and stuff. That would make more sense. It's weird because it's like you know, is that never a bit much. 
like never would I go to like a work situation with people I used to work with. Like it's not like somebody people I worked with like ten years ago. I'm suddenly going to be like, oh, here's a new job. Let's all get together and work at this thing. Like, so that was that was a weird yeah. that was a weird thing just as a, a kind of <laughs> as a concept, just as yeah. a premise. Yeah, but there's I mean you know there's a there's a lot of talk in 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 uh, in in are you being served about uh, about someone's pussy, and mm-hmm. you're like that's literally the only funny joke they've got, and they. <laughs> And they go to it quite a lot. <laughs> like, um, but I guess, I guess, like, the idea of having, like, an older woman constantly talking about her pussy, I, I mean, I guess that's funny. Sure. But as a kid, I just remember watching it for half an hour, like, whenever it was on and being like, Is this, are these meant to be jokes? This just, you know, like, I just I just didn't, didn't quite get it. So, yeah, I don't know yeah. why we've, we've ended up sending that over to you, to PBS. Yeah. I guess maybe we were like, you know. Apparently it's very popular in Australia as well. Are you being served? Um. It was... I don't yeah, know. so I get. I guess people in the colonies really like watching people in a department store. Sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, what we watched for this podcast was uh, a boyfriend's deceit, or is it the boyfriend's deceit? I I think that when the titles came up, it just said boyfriend's deceit. I don't think it was. Oh. I don't think it was even a specific boyfriend. It was just any old boyfriend. It um, was originally called treacherous. <laughs> Okay. They changed well, it to Boyfriend's Deceit. <clears throat> I feel, it feels like Treacherous is giving the game away a little bit. I mean, even Boyfriend's Deceit is giving it away a little bit. Well, I um, mean, you can deceive in a way that isn't, uh, you know, uh, illegal. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <clears throat> I mean, what, you're saying that you've taken the, the, the trash out, but you haven't? I mean, like, you know. <laughs> saying, oh, yeah, I parked on the street this time. No, wait, I boxed you in again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say that was one of the things that I really liked about this was uh, the constant it was almost like running gags like <laughs> the, like the fact that like he bo- he keeps boxing her in and she keeps bringing it up and that turns out to be his downfall if he'd have just yeah. learned to you know Talk on the, the damn street <laughs> yeah that he could have kept going with his deceit and everything would have been fine yeah. um, it, you know it's it's like a Shakespearean tragedy you know they, they all have their one downfall and for this guy it was parking (laughs) yeah i didn't want to park on the street i mean you know i don't know that shakespeare could have done it better (laughs) uh so we have emily rose as our main character annie and she has a boyfriend named oliver graham or so she thinks yes and they've been living together for a few months and she's an architect because uh everyone's either a baker or an architect if they're in a movie <laughs> I was, i've got to say i i mean i don't want to jump in too soon but i did i mean first of all i love that we start in media res i love that i mean oh yeah you know it's it's a winner isn't it you know because you're like huh? and then and i like as well how when she when she escapes she literally runs like into a, a black fade out and then it says four days earlier as if she's yeah. like bumped into this four days earlier sign um <laughs> which i thought was a oh nice yeah touch. we should we should explain we see yes her in handcuffs uh with the police they're taking her uh to the prison um and she's saying i haven't done anything wrong then it looks like some hoodlums are going to cause problems so they call it in then they uh say never mind they're just idiots they have nothing to do with us they call it off (laughs) i was gonna say were they meant to be 
like teenagers or are they like grown adults? Because they look like grown adults. Oh yeah, and... they fully look like grown adults. <laughs> yeah, but it, like they were they were like sitting out of the window whooping, and I'm like, yeah, is this something that adults do? Like I thought this was like something that teenagers did maybe in the fifties when it was exciting to be in a car, but I, like. <laughs> It it feels really weird to have these these guys and why and why are they like why are they tailgating this this white van? It seems really weird that they were doing that. Like, if you're just out there whooping it up as pretend teenagers, why tailgate a white van? Um, I, I don't know. They it, just but, want to go fast. This van's in the yeah. way. Then they overtake the van and then they're yeah. going fast, living their lives fast and wild <laughs> like teens, even though they're maybe maybe in their they 20s knew that. Or 30s. Uh, Maybe they knew that those cops needed a fake out. Maybe yeah. they're like, "This looks like these look like a pair of cops who need a fake out. Let's fake them out just so they yeah. can call it in, but then call it off." Which means, obviously, we know then that the uh, the lead lady, who to me looks like a pre Happy Endings Elisha Cuthbert, um, <laughs> so that's how I'll refer to her because I cut I for the life of me I could could not remember her name. I mean, it took a while before I got her character name because eventually people kept yeah. saying it so often. Yeah. Um, you know, about halfway through, all of a sudden, everyone is saying her name all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like that van doesn't seem safe anyway. Like, it, like it, it, it's just it's just a normal white van. It looks like Lifetime have just literally hired a white van and painted the word police on the side. And oh, I don't think they painted it. It's probably stickers. <laughs> well yeah yeah but it just i I was like that seems dangerous like she's not really holding on to anything like there's no cage yeah yeah, there's no cage they've not really like secured her all she's just sitting at a bench in the back of a white van and she's being transported uh it brought back back memories of me being a kid when my uh, you know uh, father had a van and there was there was no space up front for us to sit so we just had to sit in the back and mm-hmm. just roll around whenever we were yeah. in the corners and stuff. So I was like, it just seems a bit unsafe. But at the same time, I think if it was a proper police van uh, with the cage and everything, she wouldn't be able to escape as easily as she does once it finally gets rolled. Yeah. So somebody, like, T-bones the car, the van. And then we don't see the car, so I guess the car takes off or is hidden. <laughs> Yeah, that was a. And then it, a man comes by after she kicks her way out of the van, checks on one of the police officers who's still alive, and then tries to call for backup inside the van with the radio. Uh, and then yeah. it's like, where did this guy come from? Did he come from that car that he smashed in? And if so, where's his car? <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a kind of. I mean, I like the the. I mean, I know that the van was probably something cheap. Like I said, it doesn't look like a proper police van. But I did like the crash. I thought that was well done. I was like, oh, this yeah. is a, you know, this is a, it, like it, it put you in the action. Um, and I mean, I thought it was a bit, I mean, it's, I don't know how many of these films have a body count this early on, but they killed a police officer like within the first um, like minutes few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say, I would say this as well. I'd say obviously later on, there's a whole lot of, once we get to meet the kind of the antagonist, there's a whole lot kind of negotiation about like his, his crime is basically like a white collar crime. If, you know, if we're being honest, isn't it? So, um, yeah, it's I think, crime. I think we're meant to like him, but there's a dead cop. Yeah. <laughs> so, like they, you know, they, I mean, you know, they rolled a van and a police officer got killed for no reason. So it feels like later on when there's some kind of negotiation over paintings and stuff, I'm like, yeah, but there's a dead guy. You <laughs> killed somebody. You killed there's a person who probably has a. Die. Yeah, you, you killed. You killed. You killed someone who's got a family and a wife and kids probably, and 
and yet we're still like, oh, don't worry, he can turn himself in. I was like, no, I, th- I, f- I feel like there should be some murder charges or some manslaughter charges at the very least going on here. I mean... Um, well, but yeah, so it's a it's yeah. an exciting start, well, I would say. Well, yeah, we'll get to it when we get to it. But yeah, it is strange. Um, <laughs> but so so we go through that, and then four days earlier, she's making breakfast for her boyfriend who's been living with her for a couple months, and he has definite like um, uh, sitcom dad energy for sure. <laughs> I mean, he steals the bacon, but she's also yeah. made some extra bacon for him. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say this as well. This this uh, this protagonist Annie, uh, she does a lot of waking up. Um, <laughs> I think I think like the first three scenes we see her in, like we we see her like making breakfast here. So it's like oh, it's early morning. Yeah. And then the next time next time she's back at home, she wakes up, and then the next scene after that again, she wakes up and she's late. So it's like she. I mean, I mean. It's it's kind of like a I don't know if it's just like a thing where it's an easy I mean it's an easy way to kind of um, put your character days. yeah so but I was just like well yeah so I mean I guess you know this is four days earlier so that, that having to wake up like two more times it kind of lets us count down the days but it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like you know she she seems to be doing a lot of waking up for the first kind of half of this film um, but I do like the this I mean the opening is kind of insane in the amount of. I mean, the you know, her workplace may as well be like the exposition building because everybody <laughs> is constantly with, you know, he, the, I mean, her boyfriend just literally talks in exposition. He's like knocking things out left and right saying about, the, you know, she, she answers a call and is like, sorry, I can't make it to the gym. You know, she's apologizing to a friend. Um, and then she's like, I'm going to be late for work. And, you know, she picks up, you know, she like ev- ev- literally everything is like exposition for that, like the next kind of five, 10 minutes. And it's kind of impressive. Um, you know, she walks in and they're like, even even her like uh, her work buddy is like, you know, everybody else calls him. Uh, what's the what's the dad's name, Mister Mister something? Stein, I think. Mister Stein, yeah. It's like everyone calls him Mister Stein, and it's it's like, what? Why is why is this an issue? And it's it's like, oh, that's her dad, and it's like, okay, so like they they set everything up so quickly. Yeah. Um, it's like, that's okay, not really... so her dad works with her. And she's estranged from him, and she wants to keep things professional, and so she calls him Mr. Stein instead of Dad. Uh, and, and she and she knocks she it. She knocks it out of the park. No one's met him yet. At least none of the people from work have met him yet. Yeah, this is like they haven't met the boyfriend. She doesn't like her dad. You know, this is why they hired her because she knocks it out of the park. Um, yeah. You know, she's talking about the the uh, what is it the the Strasbourg project. She's talking to engineering. <laughs> it's like yeah. It's, <laughs> It, uh, there was a point where I thought she was just going to start going work dialogue, work dialogue, work dialogue, because literally that's <laughs> that's what it is. It's just like it's like okay, I get it. She, <laughs> you know, she likes to work, and then when she walks in and, and her friend's like, "Did you just get up?" and she's like, "No, I've been working all night." And it's like, it's like okay, I get it. She's you know she does a lot of work, um, you know, and also her boyfriend parks on you know parks boxes are in all the time. That's the these okay. are the two things I've learned in the first ten minutes of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I gotta say, I did like the energy though. The kind of like, you know, we get to meet Jerry, who um, probably one of my favorite characters in the film. He, he, you know, he's he's there to, you know, lend an affable hand and kind of be happy about stuff. Like, you know, he just he makes a big entrance, um, you know, and he literally tells everybody as he walks in, you know, I like to make a big entrance, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I've got you gotta love a character who points out what they're doing at this very moment. I was like, this is great. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm liking Jerry. I'm liking the energy he's bringing to this project. Um, 
you know, and I I love as well when a film skips the meeting. Like they talk about the big meeting. Oh, they got this big meeting, and then, and then they kind of like they go into the meeting, and then afterwards you see them and they're like, "You knocked it out of the park," and it's like, "Well, that's why we hired you." And it's like, what is <laughs> like you don't get to see the actual meeting because that would that would like require the writers to actually come up with something technical. They just yeah. they're just like, "No, she knocked it out of the park. That'll do." It's um, like you don't actually want to see another business meeting, do you? No, no. no. Just no. know that she's good, and that she got the account, and that Jerry's proud of her. That's what you need yeah. to know. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, she's an architect that delivers results. Um, <laughs> That's true. She says that of herself. She's very confident, yeah. <laughs> but she is good at what she does, so she gets to pick. <laughs> and and what I what I love as well is like up until this point, like for the first five ten minutes, you're like, once we've had the you know the opening. You're like, what does she do? Like, I don't, like they, they, yeah. nobody really says it, and no, then eventually it's like someone she's talking to engineering. But like, yeah. is that software engineering? Is that hardware engineering? Is that electronics engineering? Is that a building engineering? Is it a bridge? Like, it could be literally anything. We know that she carries around big tubes. Oh so... yeah, she carries the business tubes, which is which. What I like about the business tubes is. At first, it just it feels like it's just you know along with her business glasses that she puts on, um, it it just feels like you know something that they're doing for shorthand. Like oh yeah, mm-hmm. this person car- you know architects carry around blueprints. They're in these tubes. Here are some business tubes. She's going to carry them around. But it becomes a very vital plot. And yeah. I was like, you know, I I like that they kind. Of, it's not subtle how they introduce it. She literally no. carries like twenty of them on one <laughs> so arm. So many tubes. <laughs> yeah, so many tubes, and then she just hands them off to her business friend because she has a uh-huh. business friend and she has a an outside of business friend, and she literally Does hands she it off to a business, of friend, business friend. What's that? Sorry. You said she has a business friend and an outside of business friend. Does she have a separate friend? That's outside oh, of I business. Do. Maybe I think they're the same friend, aren't they? Yeah, it's a, they're friends both inside the office and outside the and office. And outside, the same yeah. Woman but when they're inside Karen the office, they only talk business. And when they're outside yeah. the office, they talk about how she keeps missing the gym. Yes. <laughs> to, to distinguish that those those are her main traits. But yeah, so um, so she just hands off all these tubes, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, but she does literally say, "I'm an architect," and it's like, well, oh, that solves that okay. problem. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I get it. You know, <laughs> it took it took 15 minutes, but it's like, oh well, this explains like the gigantic house. And, you know, the fact that you look like you're 21 and, you know, doesn't know where you should be able to afford this house. But, you know, so it's like, oh, well, it makes sense. She's an architect, of course. You know, that, that, that's, you know, that's how, that's that's a profession that you literally give to people in films so that you right. can give them um, amazing amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and although tubes, there is a... Well, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, or, or I mean, she doesn't do it, but uh, you either have that or you have the draftsman's table where they, oh, they yeah, yeah. you know... You know, you got you got. Normally, you'll have someone sit at a draftsman table for at least one scene. So you're like, oh, sure, they're an architect. That's yeah. why they've got that table, which is angled so that they can uh-huh. draw blueprints. Um, they did spend a good amount of money on, um, like that crash scene, but I feel like the props department didn't get a lot of money. <laughs> so I don't think they had yeah. money for a drafts table. They were like, we don't have one already. That's no. not in our regular. <laughs> back lot thing so we're just gonna do regular furniture that we already have and, and i would say on. the house the house looks like a real house as well that they've probably rented yeah um it didn't look like, yeah, a, it doesn't set. Look like so a set I, yeah so i was like well they've clearly spent the money on that crash and mm-hmm. renting out this house for like a week 
Yeah. Um, and that's that, and that's pretty much it. They're gonna, you know, and then later on, there's a lot of there's a lot of her wandering around in the woods, which I'm guessing doesn't cost expense. You know, it's not expensive to do. So, right, right. you know, those are those are the main kind of locations. But yeah, I also mm-hmm. like as well how the establishing shots of offices don't tell you where those offices are or give you no. an indication of which floor what these offices are on. What kind of office on. it is? <laughs> no, just it's just here's an established. And when she goes to the boyfriend's office later on, it's like here's just a building, and you're like, yeah. I, I establishing shot of a place you've never been that has no sign yeah. on it <laughs> so it's like this is it. for establishing that i'm in an office building that's not helpful <laughs> at, the, at the very at the very least you know she's in a building right that's i mean that's as much information as you really need i mean <laughs> is she in outer space no she's no in the she's in the building Okay, great. Is, she, is, she, is she in a spaceless void <laughs> nope she's definitely in a building definitely in okay the building. great yeah that makes that makes sense um <laughs> But yeah, so you know, she 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 knocks it out of the park. Uh, she has a drink with Jerry mm-hmm. to celebrate, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, and she I, has I, an I, awkward th- moment with her father before she leaves. Yes, yeah, and I, I must say as well, um, who is who's the actor who's playing her father now? Um, yeah, I've I, seen him in a few things. John Shay. Yes, John Shay. He's been in tons of stuff, but he was Lex Luthor in um, the New Adventures of Lois and Clark. Yeah, that's probably where I know him from because I looked over yeah. his IMDb page and I was like, if anything, that's probably why. <laughs> and I think I as well, his like his Lex Luthor was killed after like the first season of that show, <laughs> which was <laughs> I a bold don't move. Remember much of that show? I I bought yeah. the DVDs to revisit it, but I'm also kind of afraid to revisit it because I love it so much. And what if it isn't as good as <laughs> I think it is? <laughs> well, I, the, the first season, of course, uh, they had a different Jimmy Olsen. Um, and they had uh, they had somebody who's playing like a you know like a somebody who reports on like society pages and gossip and stuff. And after the first season, they recast the Jimmy Olsen and they got rid of her character. Um, and then also they killed off Lex Luthor. <laughs> like, and I think it was because John Shea himself was like, I don't want to do this for like six years. Yeah. <laughs> he was literally like, I you know I've done twenty two episodes and I feel like I've really nailed you know lex luther i'm <laughs> done here. what i can do and i'm yeah. done with it one and done um yeah. yeah so that's that's where i know him from but i have seen him in one or two other things and every single time i see him i think oh that's lex luther from the new <laughs> adventures of lois and clark or whatever it's it had different names over here i think i think in america it was lois and clark and over here it was the new adventures of superman colon oh. lois and clark yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very popular on the BBC. They put it on at like five o'clock on a Saturday, and it got quite good mm-hmm. ratings until season four, and then it went downhill, and then, they, and then they they quietly shifted it to like eight o'clock on a Tuesday or something. They were like, uh, you know, we, it. We, yeah. Well, I think by that point, X Files had started as well, and that was really uh, big over here. So they were oh, like, okay. forget forget about Lois and Clark. We're all about the X Files now. <laughs> like, yeah. I to um, be honest, I couldn't tell you which seasons I saw because you know I was a kid, so who knows. <laughs> I think I think uh, John Cryer turns up in one of them playing uh, playing a, like a, a villain somewhere along the line. But he's now he's now Lex Luthor on Supergirl. Uh, oh, John okay. Cryer is, and of course John Cryer was in Superman Four, uh, where he played Lex Luthor Lex Luthor's nephew. Oh. So this is like the third with Supergirl. It's like the third time he's been like a member of like the Luthor clan. <laughs> it's kind of he's he, he's kind of just keeps bouncing back to it. Um, funny. But yeah, so I mean, I was like, th- what's really weird about uh, the character, you know, in this this film, obviously, Mister Stein. Uh, later on, later on, they really kind of they they really emphasise the kind of backstory about him. Um, 
the the weirdest thing is like um you know uh, he basically does nothing in the entire thing like he just keeps he, turning up he's and she she like exits later. exits the, uh, well yeah i mean for the first like three three or four times he turns up he literally walks into a room and she's like <laughs> mr stein and then walks off and, it's and like, then he's sad and he's like oh she hates me and that's yeah. all that you get is like her being like very short with him and then him being sad yeah and that, and i was thinking this is a bit of a waste of him but then later on he does kind of get a bit more to work with yeah um, and but that's to start kind off of with... her arc, if you will. She goes from uh, being independent and not needing anybody to relying on her friend and relying on her father. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, you know, I, I, John Shay, I, you know, I enjoyed him in Lois and Clark, and a, a few other things that I've seen him in, I've always enjoyed him. I felt they were wasting him for the first half of this, uh, oh, but sure. he does kind of bring it back a little bit. Although I was disappointed he doesn't feature in the uh, in the climax, like. It felt like there was a, not to jump too far ahead, but it felt like there was a moment where he could have run out and helped, but instead he stays back because the police say stay back. <laughs> but it's like... I, like yeah, it, what did we get there? I have issues with that scene. <laughs> yeah, but I, so so I feel like the, 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 like he could have been... If, if we were building up to them kind of redeeming, then I, I feel like there could have been more involvement towards the end. But as yeah. it is, we kind of get... We get a bit more of him in the middle, and then it's kind of like, you know, he doesn't really do much after that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, let's talk about the exciting incident that kind of propels this entire film forward. Of course, her boyfriend had boxed her in. She was running late. And and then, we, you know, after the celebration drink, you know, we end up with, you know... Uh, I, 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 to start off with, I was thinking, what is, you know, what is the deceit? Where is the boyfriend? What is the purpose of this film? That was that was my thoughts mainly mm. for the first half mm. hour until we got to the, the, you know, the incident itself. And I was like, mm. oh, I, mm. you know, I kind of see where we're going now, you know. Um, the big question being who is who is Oliver Graham um, yeah because he um, I guess she doesn't borrow his car yet she comes home and she well she the day before she had come home and he had to go out again but sounded really weird on the phone about it and said he had to go with his work colleagues to do a work thing and then he comes home really late and then he gets red stuff all over her front door. And then yeah. he's like, I got to pack a bag and fly to Atlanta for the Atlanta office of my business to do something that's just come up. And she's like, oh, is, does this happen a lot? Are you going to be gone a lot? And he's like, no, this is pretty rare. And then he's gone. And yeah. he's like, I'm going to take a taxi. I'm not going to take my car because I hit an animal. He doesn't specify what animal. He just says I hit an animal. <laughs> And she's like, what? Okay. Um, and then he's just gone. And then she's like, oh, a red smudge. And she's wearing a long sleeve shirt. And she decides just to take her shirt sleeve and rub it on the door. Which, if you're going to care about what your door looks like, aren't you going to, like, not rub that crap on your shirt? It's a white shirt. Right, yeah. It's a nice shirt. It's not like she's wearing, like, a t-shirt with stains all over it and she's like ah, i'll just use this like it's a nice white shirt <laughs> and she yeah, rubs get, it all like, over the door <laughs> get a cloth you know go yeah. and you know get go and rag. get a wet cloth and yeah it's it just it's it does seem slightly out of character but of course you know we're merely setting up mm -hmm. you know stuff that will happen later because um, the red stuff it turns out is blood <laughs> i know you didn't see that it. coming <laughs> yeah the red stuff blood i mean it, it's funny because um uh, there was a TV show that was on many, many years ago called Boomtown. 
um, uh, starring one of the new kids on the block, um, uh, who I think is now in Blue Bloods. And um, in, in this TV show, it was told from many different perspectives. There was one episode uh, where it was about a guy who, who kind of got drunk and then he, he saw some blood on his car and he was worried that he'd killed someone, like run him over. Sure. Um, and he was district attorney and he kind of had to subtly find out if anybody had been run over. And so, you know, obviously he used his connections to figure it out. And in that, it turns out he did hit a deer. So oh. the blood turned out to be animal blood. But obviously this is the exact opposite of that situation where <laughs> he plays it yeah. off as animal blood. And, you know, it turns out it's person blood. And I'm like... You know, it just reminded me of that uh, that TV show because I was like, oh, th- you know, th- that's the way they could have gone. But no, this is, you know, obviously because it's a Lifetime movie, it, it was always going to turn out to be blood. It was never not going to be turned mm-hmm. out to be blood, was it? I mean, you know, what red stuff, what red stuff is there other than blood? Ketchup? I mean, well, yeah, but I mean, are you going to get ketchup on your car? I mean, <laughs> I don't you know. know. Am I, I sitting on the hood eating a hamburger? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't advise it myself. I mean, you know. <laughs> But yeah, it, it it's just like that's it. It's like what is red stuff? It's either ketchup or it's blood. There's no there's no in there's no in between where you it's a mysterious red substance, is it? It's like so the fact that it turns out to be blood, it, it's kind of like okay, and then then of course you're left to whose blood is it? Right, right. Um, but there's no time for that because she's late. She's waking up late. Right. Um, so now she borrows his car. She gets the account. She's mean to her dad. She's had exactly one drink, and now she's driving her boyfriend's car back home. Yes, or what she thinks is a boyfriend's car, right? Um, you know, which is, and I, I like as well how I, I mean, I, I don't know what the maintenance of tail lights is like in America. Is it, is it particularly bad? I mean, are tail lights constantly out? Because it seems like police are always stopping people for tail lights, and <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's a, there's an opening for somebody to make a more robust tail light that doesn't go <laughs> out, like. Well, I mean, in this case, the reason that her headlight is out is because he struck either an animal or a human. <laughs> and she didn't realize that the front is... Well, I guess maybe she noticed that the front was crumpled up, but it was like, eh, she, he hit a, an animal, I'm running late, I probably won't get yeah. in trouble. But um, yeah, you can't be driving around with just one headlight, you're going to get a ticket. And that's what she's about yeah, to get. It just, <laughs> it just seems like... I mean, I don't know if this is just a, an American thing, but it just seems like they seem to give out a lot, you know... Pretty much every single film, TV show, somebody's always stopping somebody for a, a, a taillight being out. Do people really <laughs> care that much? Can can the police not not understand that maybe the person is driving somewhere to get that taillight fixed? Like, oh no, they'll definitely pull you over and say your taillight is out and uh, you have like a day or whatever to get it fixed. Otherwise, you're fined. But like yeah. sometimes they'll just like give you a warning and like wag your, their finger at you and they won't like write you up. But yeah. But in this particular case, it escalates pretty quickly. Um, because he ran and got, the plates. And the yeah. plates do not match the registration. <laughs> and they don't even match the car. <laughs> no. And that, the thing is, as well, is like I was thinking, because when, when they were going for the license and registration thing, I was thinking, this isn't her car, though. So, But I'm guessing she's obviously got a license in a, in a, in a handbag or whatever. So, mm-hmm. uh, But then the registration, obviously, you know, she says, it's, it's my boyfriend's car. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I don't know, like, for, I mean, I, I guess maybe, I mean, I personally don't know why he searched the car. Like, I don't know why the police officer was, like, getting out the torch and looking around. Because, you know, if, if a car doesn't, if it doesn't match, if it's been reported stolen or whatever, then surely you would just say to the person, you know, let's drive to the police station and, you know, I'll follow you and, and then we'll figure out whose car it belongs to. 
But instead, he starts looking around. And I was like, that seems a bit suspicious. Um, maybe it's the current environment where I'm like, you know, I wouldn't Why just like. Yeah, I wouldn't just let a police officer I mean, just suddenly gonna... start looking. They... What is he going to find in the back seat? The the owner right. of the car being like, oh, sorry, I forgot. It's me. You know, like, I don't know what he was looking <laughs> back there for, like, to be honest with you. But, I mean, he, you know. he could have looked at the car once they had impounded the car. He yeah. didn't need to look at it in that moment. But uh, no. he decides to look at it in that moment on the side of the road before they go through. But the I guess he knows that they're in a lifetime time. movie and they've got to move the plot along because, I guess. you know. <laughs> We're like forty minutes into this thing, and you, and I'm still like, what's you know, what's the what's the motivation? What's happening here? What's the what's driver happening? of the plot? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had a lot of exposition, but you know, we 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 finally kind of we finally kind of get it when it's like, oh, this isn't his car. That is that is blood, <laughs> and then there's a bloody knife. And I like how she kind of tries to play it off as like, I don't know, maybe maybe he. <laughs> she kind of tries to come up with excuses, and you're like. There's no excuse for a bloody knife wrapped in a towel in the back seat of a car <laughs> that could possibly. She, yeah, she's like, well, maybe he tried to like um, put the animal out of its misery, and it's like, <laughs> okay, but that presupposes that he just walks around with a kitchen knife at all times. And do you yeah. know him to do that? Like, is that a thing? Like, oh, my boyfriend always just has a giant kitchen knife. Like, I remember another Lifetime movie, which was based on fact, but there was a girl and she wanted to eat healthy. So she always had this like enormous kitchen knife and she would like cut up a cucumber or a zucchini or like another bit of vegetable to eat. And so she just had this giant kitchen knife just like sliding around in her car. It was ridiculous. But then, of course, it becomes a murder weapon later. But um, (laughs) that's all I could think about was like, why (laughs) are you suggesting that he just took one of your kitchen knives? And of course, it's just like walking around with it in case he accidentally hits an animal later like what are you talking about but yeah i mean i guess it makes sense like she's been dating this guy for three months she loves him and whatever and she doesn't want to think anything terrible of him but yeah this the lengths to which she tries to go to excuse his behavior is kind of sad yeah (laughs) i mean considering that she's an up-and-coming architect who gets the job done and knocks it out of the park it it felt (laughs) a little weak for her to suddenly start rationalizing a bloody knife in a towel it's like like it, it, fe- it felt like she kind of got a little bit dumber, and I was like, "I this doesn't feel, you know." If I was her, I'd be like, "Well, this isn't my car, so I don't know what that is, and I I'm not going to try and cover for you know whoever it is. You know, I'll talk to my boyfriend about it, but I'm not mm-hmm. gonna I'm not gonna try and make excuses like I'll you know you take the car now, I'll call a cab and I'll go home. Like mm-hmm. you know, it, I like kind of the fact that I mean, obviously the fact that she's sitting in what is a effectively a stolen car i guess that's yeah. kind of the reason why they take her in yeah. but to me it felt like like from her point of view she should have just been like well this isn't my car i don't know what's going on you can have the car i'm going home <laughs> like yeah you know i've already said she was my boyfriend's car question him so she goes to the police station to answer their questions <clears throat> and she uh calls her boyfriend and uh, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm at the police station. They say that the car uh, doesn't match the like the tag doesn't match the car. And he's like, wait, you were driving my car. And he had been so <laughs> sweet up until that point. But now he's like really angry. And she's like, yeah, well, you boxed me in again. So I had to take your car. And he's like, none of this would be happening if you hadn't taken my car. You shouldn't have been taking my car. <laughs> and like. You understand from his position, he doesn't want to be caught, and he's obviously done something wrong. But it is like, yeah, well, you should hide 
the evidence better and <laughs> yeah like if if the car is gonna be suspicious don't keep boxing her in with it for a start i yeah. mean don't box anybody in like no <laughs> like that's that's, that's i mean if, if we take no- yeah <laughs> if we take nothing else from this film don't box other people in that is the that's the message the that's being that's, yeah do not bo- i mean that's how if, if the final moments of the film she'd have turned to him and said and that's why you don't box people in. I'd have been like, this is great. That's, this is the perfect film. You would have the... stood up and started yeah. clapping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd have been don't like, this is it. In. That's, you know, that's it. Don't box people. But, you know, so it's his own fault. He shouldn't have boxed her in to start off with. But also, like, he, like the fact that he gets so angry, it's like, come on, buddy. Like, once we find out later on that this is a ruse, you would think he'd have a bit more chill and, yeah. and try to kind of cover things up instead of getting super angry at her straight away. Yeah. Um, it just it just it becomes really suspicious, and then of course we find out that you know Garrett Compost is the is the owner <laughs> of the car, and I was like, I was like, okay, did they say compost? <laughs> yeah, I was like, and also Garrett. I mean, it just makes me think of Garrett off a of community. So I was like, that amused me because I was imagining him driving that sports car around, and I was like, oh, that's a funny that's a funny idea, uh, Garrett from community driving a sports car. But then I was like. And I like as well how they they also get in the kind of the typical cop making a gag about coffee as well, like you know like oh. they have to mention coffee like it's got a it, it, like they're in a police station so of course someone's yeah. going to be offered coffee and by a police station I mean probably one of the rooms in that mansion that they rented out that they put a couple of desks in yeah <laughs> you know, probably yeah so but I you know I I I think it's funny because like the copy the copy brings her in I don't think we see him again for the rest of the the film like that's it he's. He's no, done his part. it moves over to the detective. Oh yes, yeah. Which I I, I was going to say as well. Uh, I'm not sure of the actress who's playing the the the, 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 the detective, but I think Yolanda she did a good Wood. job. Yeah. Yeah, she did. You know, she did a great job of being like the kind of uh, the detective who basically is trying to figure out what's going on, but doesn't want to kind of like jump to any like judgments or anything. Um, you know, considering they brought her in with a bloody knife in her back seat. Yeah, you know they they take a while before they <laughs> they actually kind of go to the trouble of arresting her, um, yeah. you know, which I thought was a nice touch. I was like, oh yeah, you know this is, but you know we've got ourselves, you know, uh, I mean she, you know she she does the best that she can. I mean her role's a bit cliched, but she still kind of you know manages to make something out of it. Yeah, um, you know, so I I thought that was a good that was a good part, um, and then of of course you know. Um, I mean, is this? Does she then go and visit to try and find Oliver Graham? Is that the next? I can't remember after the yeah, police station. She, yeah, she when she's at the police station, she explains that her boyfriend's name is Oliver Graham. She shows a photograph off of her phone to uh, the detective and says, "Look, this man. This man's Oliver Graham. He's my boyfriend. He was the one who said that that car was his car." Um, and then she leaves. Um, they don't yeah. hold her. And um, she goes home and she almost tells her friend what's going on, but doesn't. And then she goes to bed and she wakes up. And I think now it's the next day. Yeah, she is the queen of waking up. I mean, it's, yep. that's, that's her wheelhouse. It's just waking mm-hmm. up, waking up and reaching for a phone, which I feel is something everyone can relate to these days. You oh, know, yeah. Like, first thing you do, wake up, reach over for your phone. She goes to call her boyfriend, but the number's been disconnected. And I gotta say, she doesn't seem to understand the concept of a phone being disconnected because she calls that number like four, more four times? or five times. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, it's just like, oh, girl, he is definitely running away. That's why he flew to another city. It's not work. <laughs> like, 
something yeah. happened. <laughs> That's why there's a bloody knife in the car. That's why the car is not the right car. Like, this is not yeah. a good dude. She seems to be taking the time actually connecting the dots here. <laughs> because, you know, she she's, she's like, you know... The, the bloody knife, the car that isn't his, the angry phone call, now the number's been disconnected. By that point, you'd think she'd be like, this guy's a bad dude. But she mm. still just keeps calling the disconnected number and hearing that full message that tells them the number's <laughs> no longer in service. I don't know who recorded that, but they must have got paid because they played that thing in its entirety four or five times. I mean, um, it sounded like the regular message that you get with a disconnected phone call. Is it? Though. Okay. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, what did somebody? I assume. What, I, I find it funny because I'm just thinking of like a runner at the studio just phoning that that like a, a disconnected number and just recording that over and over again, and then kind well, of possibly. <laughs> yeah, somebody's got to have done that, haven't they? Um, but I'd also like to say the one thing I did like about this film more than anything else is the fact that she says the word Graham correctly, um, and not as like opposed Americanized. to what? Well, some Americans pronounce it Graham, and I'm like Graham. Yeah, like, like Graham crackers. <laughs> well, no, that's that's how it sounds to that's how it sounds to my ears when they say it's because well we I mean we, maybe we overemphasize the H but we say Graham, Graham. and some Americans end up saying Graham like Graham crackers. Mm. In fact, they actually say like Graham crackers when she goes looking for him, and but she doesn't Graham. say she doesn't say it as short as most Americans. She actually yeah. says Graham, and I'm like, oh well, at least that's something. I mean. <laughs> You know. Well, thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, she's she's not fully getting that this Oliver Graham is a person who doesn't exist, you know. Um, and I do like too. The detective says, "Yeah, there's four Oliver Grahams that exist, and yeah. one's dead, and one is a child, and or maybe there was only three. Anyways, and then the third changed his name. Well, actually, I don't need to get into it. And it's like what." <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing is, if he changed his name, yeah, she doesn't need to get into it because we're looking for Oliver Graham. So if he changed his name to something else, he's not Oliver Graham anymore, is he? That's true. Um, but it just but, it felt very strange. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I like as well how she has the conversation with the receptionist at M- MDV, mm-hmm. uh, which is where this guy works in sales. Again, the vaguest of mm-hmm. like, I mean, you should have seen he's not if he if he gives his job as just sales, then, you know. Um, but I like how she, she says to the receptionist, you know, I'm looking for Oliver Graham. And she's like, I haven't got anyone. And she's like, Graham, like in Graham crackers. And she's like, nope. And she's like, Oliver Graham. And she keeps, <laughs> and the receptionist is like, no, Still like no. she keeps it. Yeah. It's like <laughs> the only, like the only search she could have done is to put in the words Oliver Graham. What is she doing those two or three other times when this girl's like, no, it's Oliver Graham. Like he doesn't work there. He's you know, like, yeah. He's in sales. He went to the Atlanta office. We don't have an Atlanta office. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. I did, I did like that they actually spelled it out with we don't have an Atlanta office. Because before they said that, literally, I mouthed the words, they don't have an Atlanta office. <laughs> and then, they don't. And then, yeah, and then she was like, we don't have an Atlanta office. I was like, there you go. See, you know, like even I'm getting who this, like even I'm figuring it out now. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel, I feel like this does not understand. Yeah, no, this is it. Like, I think this is the point where Annie kind of gets a little bit dimmer because you're like, just understand, you've gone to an office building to search for Oliver Graham. They don't have an Atlanta office and they don't have an Oliver Graham. Like, it should click now what's going on, but, you know, no. And I I mean, I I think it's funny as well because, you know, I mean, it was only mentioned in passing at the start, but obviously nobody has met this boyfriend. Um, And then obviously when she gets home, 
you know, somebody's in her house. Um, and then the police just happened to show up at the same time. I don't I didn't they quite understand what had for her arrest. Yeah. Because it turns out they find a dead body. And so now yes. they have a yeah. potential um, murder victim and they have a knife that they found with blood on it and they tested the blood and the blood is human blood. So, yeah. uh, and I think it, they find out that it matches the victim. So they're like, okay, now we have the murder weapon. It was in the car with this woman. So we've got a warrant for her, uh, for her arrest. We'll bring her in. But it's weird because obviously the, she's in her house and, you know, the, the pictures oh, of him actually, have been deleted. No, it's a search... It's a search warrant for the house. It's not a, a warrant for yeah. an arrest. Because they do bring her in to talk to her, but then the, then lawyer, the lawyer shows, shows up. up and he's like, you can hold her for 48 hours, but like, why? You don't have anything other than the knife. You can arrest well, no, she, her. Well, she says, she evidence. says, but she actually says, we can hold her for 48 hours, but he goes, but you're not going to. And then, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, it, you know, he's like a sassy lawyer, which I kind of liked. Um, but yeah, but I think it's, maybe it's just the way it's shot, but it's weird because she kind of goes home and she thinks there's someone in her house which mm-hmm. I think there is. I think Oliver is in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets a bit worried. And then as she as she opens the door to leave, to be like, you know, to, to go get her car or whatever, then the police are already at the door. And I mm-hmm. thought that was a bit of a confusing, because it's like, it's almost like they've shown up. And then she says to them as she exits, I think there's somebody in my house. And then they go and kind of clear the house. And it's like, it, I don't know, it just struck me as a bit weird. It's kind of this weird coincidence where she opens the door and suddenly the police are there, but she needs the police. So that's handy. Um which I just thought was it was a bit weirdly shot, but then this is where they reveal John Doe, who they mm-hmm. keep it even though when they have a name later on, they still call him AKA John Doe. <laughs> it's like, well, you've got his name, Do you don't you need to call him a John now? Doe now. Like, the, yeah. when earlier I was talking about a dead body, and now I'm using his name, like that dead guy. That the, yeah. I'm talking about the same person. Do you understand? Because <laughs> I think you're confused. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you like, know, yeah, then no, I get it. You called him John Doe because you didn't have a name. Now you have a name. Uh, now yeah, you ha- yeah you've fine. got a name. Just call him by his name now. But yeah, so I, uh, yeah, so I kind of, I what I like as well is, you know, we're back at the police station again for the second time in like five minutes, which I, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I, I like as well, there's this, there's weird, I, I, I guess because she's an architect, who gets the job done and obviously knocks it out of the park. Um, she asks for a pad and a pen. And I'm like, what is she... Like I, at first, I was like, "What is she gonna do with this pad and a pen?" Yeah, I thought she was gonna write a statement or something. Well, yeah, I thought I thought she was gonna like make some notes or like, but then you know the the lawyer shows up, like we say, you know, and mm-hmm. they're holding they're not holding her for anything in particular. Oh, so he's like, "Well, her we, phone doesn't have any photographs on it anymore." Uh, yeah, and I yeah. guess she didn't back it up to the cloud because now she has no photographs in existence of this man. And she went to look for the picture that was on the fridge, obviously, and that's gone as well. Yeah. Um, so she doesn't have any pictures, but yeah. So she asks for a pen and a, a, a pad and a paper, and I was like, I don't know what she's going to do here. And then as she leaves with the um, with the, the the lawyer, she hands him the pad, and she sketched a picture of him. And I was like, I've got a lot. You know, that's that's something I could never have seen come in. Is like the idea that she would sketch her boyfriend because she's also, got no pictures anymore. And she I was got like, a sketch done of him. In what, like the two minutes that the lawyer and the detective talk to each other? It's yeah. so fast. And it's such <laughs> a detailed sketch of the actor who plays her boyfriend. And his eyes are so wide and so crazy. Like his eyes are a little bit too big and a little bit too intense that me and my family had a good chuckle at that sketch. It was good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing Nothing else says... Uh guy on production did a sketch beforehand and gave it to the actress more yeah. than the speed that it took 
for her to do that. But I, I just kind of like that as a touch. Like, obviously, because she's an architect, she draws draw. stuff. So, yeah. So, of course, that comes over to portraiture. She, you know, she's obviously very good <laughs> at drawing portraits. We've never seen it before. We won't see it again. But, like, I mean, at I least if they'd have had... it if, like, his face like his nose was like a column and his eyes were like porticos or something like it's all just like <laughs> architecture pieces like a collage <laughs> yeah and she instead of instead of like a normal pad she's like no i need i need blue paper you need to give me something <laughs> blue to draw on i can't yeah. i can't draw on yellow paper that doesn't make any sense um but yeah so i i, I like that as a touch i thought that's a, that's a good touch because obviously you know being an architect who you know gets the job done of course she'd be able to sketch that makes it just makes complete sense like it's it's something that you buy and it also makes her character seem a bit more intelligent than she's been for the last like 10 minutes mm-hmm. like, it seems and like she, you know yeah it's like you know the, obviously somebody turns out it's going to be a boyfriend obviously has come and deleted all evidence that he exists but of course you can't delete it out of her head can mm-hmm. you you know Apart from hitting her over the head, which she's not going to do, but you know, so I thought that was like a, I thought that was a clever move. It's like, yeah, so you know, you might have deleted pictures, but she, she, you know, she'll draw a sketch of it, um, and then obviously the, that's when the lawyer go hands back the pad and goes start looking for this guy, like you know, just mm-hmm. kind of. Again, we don't see the lawyer after this scene. I think for the rest of the no, the, no, he, and he's and introduced I was very suspicious of that lawyer because she says she wants to call a lawyer, and then before yeah. she's able to call a lawyer a lawyer shows up and says I'm her lawyer and I'm like oh is this like uh, some guy that the boyfriend's hired to try and kill her and she's gonna go like off with the lawyer thinking he's a lawyer but he's not a lawyer uh, but no it turns out Mr. Stein her father has hired a lawyer because he found out that she's in trouble because the police were asking people about her at her workplace and he was there so yeah which makes sense I mean I yeah. feel like also, I'm I'm sure somebody when the lawyer turns up goes that was fast, and I was like, yeah, yeah, and then they right. explain it straight away that like obviously her father's called the lawyer in because they were messing about down the office. I was like, okay, right. that makes sense. And like, oh, okay, <laughs> and but also then... it's it's a nice little thing for the father as well because it's like you know he's he, he obviously there's a you know it's a frosty relationship, but at least he you know he shows he cares by you know getting the firm's lawyer straight in there you know as soon as he hears and you know so i feel like we do we're doing a bit of kind of like background work on at least redeeming the father just a little mm-hmm. bit with, with these gestures so i was like yeah well, you know that makes sense um but yeah we don't see the lawyer again after this scene which was disappointing because i thought that guy did a great job i thought he was nice and sassy and he came in and he was like you know you can't hold her and you know here's the sketch start looking for that guy you know like he really yeah. kind of I, I don't know i don't know if he was just like a day player but he really he really kind of managed to make something out of a character that basically only had like six lines but you know right i really <laughs> felt like he felt like a competent lawyer who knew what he was doing, and I thought yeah, that was, that was nice that him. they got, got across. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this guy's, you know. Um, it's disappointing that at no point for the rest of the film does he turn back up, so I was like... I, I yeah. kept expecting him to come back as well. I was like, oh, so we're going to get... like You know, because she's going to need some kind of legal defense at some point, so I was like, okay, maybe he's going to... But nope, he doesn't come back at all. So I was like, no. okay, well, I, you know... You know, I applaud that guy for really putting his putting his all into the character and really making me care about it, and then just they just didn't bother bringing him back. Nope. Um, you know, but then of course, you know, this is we we we're almost back at the beginning, aren't we? Yeah, she goes home and her boyfriend is there, right? Is this mm-hmm. when the boyfriend's at? And so yeah. she's you know angry and she's trying to get answers, and 
<laughs> he starts shushing her like an animal, like, hush, 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 no, calm down. I'm going to explain everything. And she's like, they think I murdered somebody. <laughs> and your car is stolen. <laughs> so please explain. <laughs> and she's actually way more subdued than I would be. I would be full out screaming. And she's just like, I don't understand what's going on. You need to explain. Like, she is doing her best to, like, be very calm and s- express herself in full sentences and very clearly. I would have been like, what is, how is you, the car and the knife and you, the phone and what, what, and you're here and what, and that would have been my response. <laughs> yeah, and also the Atlanta office. And also, you don't work for that firm. And you're not in also, sales. Your name is at Graham. <laughs> yeah like who are, like who are you like you know that's that would be the bigger question but yeah like i mean he kind of explains about the uh is this where he explains about the paintings and he says they're in the tubes and yeah um yeah so you know we we get the i mean you know once we get to the actual reason why all of this is happening it's kind of insane but i, I kind of like how they <laughs> gradually introduce the idea but you know, like there are some paintings in the tubes, and it's like, oh, the business tubes that she was carrying like fifty of <laughs> earlier in the in the episode. This this makes sense now. I understand where they were going with that. Now I understand why they they put such an emphasis on her taking them out of her house, putting them in the car, taking them out of the car, giving them to her. Like there was a whole bit about those tubes, and now now I understand that they're actually why? central yeah. to the entire premise of the film. Um, yeah, because she which, which, she has like five tubes, and she puts it in the back of the car, and then she takes out six tubes or something like one yeah. too many doesn't realize it it's in the corner of her office and you know all this crazy stuff has been going on and she hasn't like put together the fact that she has an extra tube that has a painting in it um he is a thief he works with two other people and they showed up at the house and he was scared so he took a knife with him in case he'd need it and then they took him to like a warehouse to like shake him down for the painting yeah. Or, uh, I don't know, he tells this crazy story, and then he's like, I was scared, so I ran back to my car, and I ran him over, and then he still kept coming for me, so then I had to use the knife, and then uh, I left, but there's still one guy who's still after me, he's trying to kill me because he wants the painting, and I need to try and get the painting before I can leave, and where is the painting, and she's like, I don't know, it's probably somewhere in the house and he's like but I already looked and she's like well then it might be in the office and he's like oh well let's go to the office and then she's like and then we'll go to the police right so you can sort this out with them and he's like I'm a thief <laughs> so <laughs> no <laughs> and she's yeah. like but please and he's like okay sure once yeah, he's, we get I the mean, painting then we'll go to the police you're right <laughs> I mean his business is is stealing stuff and also he's just confessed to effectively trying to kill a man with vehicular homicide uh, and that didn't work so he then stabbed him so it's like and and we obviously know that that person died because yeah. we know about John Doe so it's like so basically he's confessing to murdering a person and she's like yeah but you'll turn yourself in afterwards and he's like yeah I guess I will like you know <laughs> It just feels like he's bad news, like, basically. But it's uh, it's self defense, so like you won't you won't get like murder in the first or second. It'll it'll just uh, it'll be fine, you know. And <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. And then the best part too is like, what I don't know if 
he initially tells the name or if she's like, but what's your name? And he like pauses and he's like, um, Ben, um, and then he doesn't even come up with a last name. And it's like, wait a minute, did you just make up the first name and then you couldn't think of a last name? Like you couldn't just be like, uh, Ben, uh, coffee table. That's my name. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I would have loved if it was a George Glass situation where he just literally <laughs> said the name of the first thing he saw. That would be <laughs> That would have been quite funny. Uh, in fact, there's a there's a there's a there's a gag like that on like an episode of um, Family Guy where someone asks Peter Griffin what his name is, and he goes and he looks at something. He goes P because he sees a P on the plate, and he goes uh, Tur, and then he goes Griffin because he sees like a Griffin, and he's like oh, and then he realizes he actually just said his name. Said his own name. Um, so I would have loved if it had been a situation like that where he tries to come up with a name and he ends up just giving his real name, um, but it still sounds really fake. But yeah, so we, now he's Ben. But like, he's not really bad, is he? Um, you know, who he's knows? just who making. Yeah, who knows what his real name is at this point? Um, uh, but I, you know, this is where we we then I think get to the, the we're back at the beginning. So we not we, quite. He they drive the, to her office to try and get yeah. the the painting. Oh yeah, the police yeah. are already at the office, um, and they apprehend her because now they have a a, a warrant for her arrest. And um, they bring her in. The and she, lawyer she yells is at, supposed to come. She yells at Jerry, "Get my lawyer!" Right. Yeah, because Jerry's there to help, um, as always. Um, <laughs> Good old Jerry. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. So this is what. So this is where we kind of we we find out they've got too much evidence, which is the mm-hmm. line from like the the opening <laughs> where I was yeah. like, "Too much evidence." That's, that seems like my. It was like, like you have we really enough hate, evidence. Yeah, we really hate to arrest you. But we just have too much evidence to not. Like you seem really nice, but yeah. But I mean, when you've got you too much, I mean, normally if you've just got evidence, you're like, well, we could let you. We'll go. look when you've the got other too way. Much... It's like whatever. <laughs> but like we have just yeah. too much, man. So um, she oh. goes to the holding cell. The lawyer's supposed to come. He doesn't come. They're going to hold her in the prison for, like, a night. Um, yeah, they're going to take her to county, I think is yeah. how they phrase it, isn't it? And, and until they can get, like, a... I don't know. Get stuff sorted. A trial sorted. So... Or bail sorted. And um, she's going to be transported. And they literally show us them talking... Her being brought back to the van, which we've already seen. We see yeah. the kids overtake the van, which we've already seen. Yeah. We see them crash again, <laughs> which we've already seen. We see her bust through the van, which we've already seen. We see her checking on the police officer, which we've already seen. We see her calling on the radio, which we've already seen. And then we see the man who's come to grab her, which we've already seen. And then she runs into the woods, which we've already seen. But now she continues to run. And I'm like, why did we have to see every (laughs) single thing again? Isn't there a way we could have just popped back to the point where she, like, kicks the back of the van and we're like, oh, right, the van. (laughs) I mean, as seen in this year's highest grossing film, as of this moment, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, um, when you start in media res, generally, when you jump back and then you reach the point where you're about to meet up with this, where you started, you don't sh- you don't show the whole thing again. You just jump to where they left it. And then you're like, oh, this is where we left it. And uh-huh. but yeah, they go they go through like a whole three minutes of showing yes. the opening scene all over again. <laughs> and I was like. 
are they not gonna like at least like montage this and just kind of quickly get to so we know you know just show her going in the van and then show her kicking the door out the back of the yeah. van like we already or, we've already seen the crash I'm guessing yeah. they spent too much money to not yeah. use it a second time um, <laughs> or but like I said it was a, it was a good it was a good shots. crash yeah yeah or you give us different shots of the same scene so that we get more yeah. information but you can't just show us the same shot for shot. As you did before. It looks literally the same. Nothing has changed. They show us no. the same exact thing. And I was like, that... this is crazy. I don't know why you're doing this. <laughs> Am I supposed to be picking up things I didn't pick up before? Because it's the same. I'm not getting anything new. I don't well, understand. Not... <laughs> I was going to say not yet, but like, it's not even... Because obviously, sometimes the point of opening in, in media res... Let, let's let, As an example... Um, uh, which actually, I think this is this is a film that opens and closes with the same shot, uh, Gone Girl, um, which opens with uh, the, the the titular girl on the lap of of Ben Affleck, and he kind of talks over and he says he says something that when you see it the second time, which is literally I think the closing shot of the film, he says the same words, but now you've had two hours with these characters, it's completely recontextualized, and you're like, oh, it what he's saying is com- not what you thought it was at the start of the film, so. I could understand rerunning this scene if there was something new about the boyfriend where you're like, oh, this is why, you know. So I guess maybe we now know why the van's been knocked off the road. And um, we know who that man is who's trying to grab her. It's Yeah, the, but the like you didn't need to do the stuff with the kids and the tailgate and it. You didn't need to do all no. of that. Like it, just seeing the car now crash into the side of the van and knowing who's in that car now. That would have that would have been new information, but we've already been told about that information. So seeing it happen again doesn't really make any difference. Like there's nothing being recontextualized. So it's like, well, what was the point of running it again? Obviously, just to fill time. So yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> and and like I said, it's a nice looking crash. So why not why not show it a second time? You know. Yeah. Um, and also this lead actress, she does a, a you know I don't know if you call it a stunt, but a, you know the kicking out of the doors and the kind yeah, of leaning cool. over to check on the cop while she's got the cuffs mm-hmm. on and then uncuffing herself and, and so taking she the glass does a bit, out of her leg. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we get we get a bit of the kind of the Rambo screaming as she as she pulls it out and which if you've got a piece of glass stuck in your leg. There's a possibility it might be cutting an artery. Don't pull it out. Leave it in. Yeah. It's not pleasant, but, you know, medical advice would be leave it in until you can get to a point where you can take it out in a sterile environment. But, yeah. you know, um, and also then for the rest of the film, she's limping. Yeah. Um, so, we, you know, which I think is, you know, she she plays that well. But then also it, it means that, like, the rest of the film basically happens in, like, 12 hours or whatever. <laughs> like the, Something you know, like she's that, yeah. just. You know, but uh, yeah, so I, I guess, we, you know, she it's nice to see her do a bit of that stuff again. But it's like, OK, we've already kind of seen this. So but then, now she, now when she runs, instead of running into her four days earlier, she actually keeps on running. Um, and it's um, so great because what yeah. I imagine must have happened is that this actress was like, well, I'm injured. I'm going to limp. And then they looked yeah. at the footage and they're like, hmm she's like a little too slow and she's still so far ahead of the man she's running away from and that doesn't make sense so we need to make sure that she goes faster so let's just speed up the tape oh wait that looks like yakety sacks so what we need to do is like reshoot it oh she's not available we'll get a stunt double to run for her through the woods (laughs) with the wiggiest wig you ever saw (laughs) that's two inches longer than her hair (laughs) and three shades lighter (laughs) Maybe they were they were betting on the fact that it's all a bit dark though, like, and it's also cut a little bit weird, so you can't you can't quite make out like you see people running and you're in the woods, but it's like there's no real context of where they are. Um, 
you know, it's it's not a hundred percent clear for most of it. So maybe they were betting on that. They were like, well, it's you know, probably going to stunt double. <laughs> yeah, nobody will really notice. Um, although it's I did so feel like, the, yeah, I mean, I did feel like the running around in the woods went on just a little bit too long. I was like, I get it. it. She's running away from a guy. Like, let her get away. Like, yeah. I, I understand. You know, like I understand. Like, just just get away. Like, <laughs> it's, it's funny because you know, this movie it is a thriller. And you want yeah. her to get away. But there's never any tension. Like, oh, it's thundering now. But there's, like, never any tension. Like, there's never... Uh, like, I never felt that scared for her. And I don't know what they could have done to, like, really heighten that. If they should have had her try to hide. And then you see him getting closer. Or... I don't know. There was just... There was never any sense that, like, she wasn't fully able to get away from him i never really felt that concerned <laughs> i don't know why that was yeah and then she just um is this where she like f- she finds a finds a car that's got some clothes in or something and then mm-hmm. she does like a quick change um yeah you and know she now finds... she is effectively harrison ford in the fugitive she's a fugitive yeah. <laughs> um and of course she uh she bandages well she doesn't bandage but she just kind of turn a case turn a case of leg doesn't she to so yeah she, she has she finds a sanitary napkin puts it on her leg and then ties yeah. it off with a, a bit of fabric she does that thing where she like rips the fabric with her teeth and i'm like <laughs> yeah i don't think most people can rip like fabric with their teeth unless it's like really threadbare and thin but okay <laughs> sure i mean it's always really just to get it started isn't it you get it started with your teeth and then you <laughs> keep ripping like it's, i mean it's a, it's a classic cliche of ripping stuff um but yeah so she, when she's tourniqueted then she's like you know then she can she can kind of uh she can escape um uh which oh I, she I, does bump into her boyfriend at one point when she's running yes the boyfriend is in a different car he seems to have known that the partner tried to get a hold of her but he is not working with the partner. And then he is trying to get her to get him access to the paintings. And she's like, I need medical attention. And he's like, stop pressuring me or <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Like, I'm under a lot of pressure. We need to get the paintings. And I, I don't want to hear you whine about your leg. <laughs> and then she realizes, okay, this guy is like, bad news and she finally realizes I, I shouldn't trust this guy and she runs out into the pasture and then she finds that car and tourniquets her leg yeah yeah I did think that was weird actually having her run into him because then it kind of muddies it because you're like well did he like how did he know where she was because that guy just like rammed her off the road at a random place so it's kind of a bit it, it was a bit weird but I guess they've kind of got to make him more suspicious mm. uh, and also we've got I to start having a heroine he actually assert herself and realise what's going on because up until this point you know she seems <laughs> to be going along with it and getting a bit dumber by the minute so at least now yeah. she's like oh this guy's bad news this I'm out of here bad, yeah. um, I, I wonder if he was like tailing his partner thinking that his partner knew where the painting was or something I don't know yeah because it doesn't uh, well, make any it, sense why he yeah. is able to find her. Well, it's it's weird because it, then you envisage the this group of um, adult kids whooping along, being followed by another guy who's about to smash into a van, being followed by Oliver, <laughs> and you're like, it's just this weird convoy of people following yeah, this van, like a little caravan. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, I I, I guess they kind of had to keep him in the story, so it makes sense. 
Um, and then we get the big scene for John Shea, um, you know, uh, revealing why she hates him. Um, which, you know, it's, is it just like she, he had an affair and that was it? And it was like... Yeah, he had an affair yeah. and she felt like, oh, my dad betrayed my mom and then my mom died soon after and like... Uh, I I don't want anything to to do with my dad anymore. Yeah, basically. to the point where she changed her surname. I thought is... that she was gonna when I found out that she had a different name than him. I thought it was just because she wanted to like assert her dominance in architecture under her own name without being associated with her father because he's also no, an I, architect. I, I but... think he literally said she. She changed her name because she didn't just want to be associated with him. Yeah, just because she hates him. <laughs> yeah, which is like the ultimate like power move to be like, you know, we, we I don't even want to share your surname. I mean, yeah. you know, she could change her surname when she got married anyway. So, you know, and she was thinking of marrying Oliver. So, <laughs> so like, it's not like it's... I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's funny then because obviously he explains that, uh, you know, she only works at the same office as him because they made her, you know, an, an offer she couldn't refuse. <laughs> Which I don't I don't know if people fully understand this, but in The Godfather, when he says I made them an offer they couldn't refuse, <laughs> it's just it means, such a good offer. <laughs> it's yeah, that isn't what it's literally. It doesn't mean that. It means if they refuse the offer, I'm going to kill them. So oh, that's less less good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's but that's what it means. Like everyone thinks it's like, oh, it's such a great offer you couldn't turn it down, but it actually means it's a crappy it's a offer. Yeah, but I've got a gun to your head, so you can't refuse. Like that's yeah. literally. Like, so so when he uses it, I was like, well, that makes it sound like he threatened his daughter that she had to work <laughs> at this firm. But, but so yeah. it's a bit weird. But yeah, like you know, they basically gave her. I, I think what they're saying is they're overpaying. Like she might yeah. be an architect who you know knocks it out of the park, gets the job done, but she's maybe not actually that good. <laughs> so, <laughs> who can say? And maybe they've hired Jerry to just like be a hype man for her all the time she thinks she's doing well um he just comes you know, into meetings late being like i'm the big boss and you love her yeah. right she's not getting out of the park <laughs> yeah i like i mean I, I would like i would like a kind of um i don't know like it, fe- it feels like there's a sitcom premise waiting out there for you know like someone who's estranged from their dad but he hires them to work with them, but overpays them, even though they're incompetent. But he <laughs> hires somebody else to kind of hype them up all the time and make them feel like they're good. Like, that feels like a really strong sitcom premise. And it takes them, you know, 13 episodes before they figure out what, what they've done. And then, you know, I don't know, it turns into something else. But it's like, it feels like such a scheme from the father. But, I, you know, it's like, well, he obviously loves his daughter. And this is the extent he's going to go to. He's going to give her, like, a job that's a million a year just so that he can see her each day at the office, which is like... I mean, if I was anybody else at that firm, I'd be like, "How much?" Like, I'd be, I'd be wondering, like, I'd be wondering what the, like, it's, it's nice that he's saying it to the cops and he's being like, "This is my motivation. I wanted to reconnect with my daughter." But for everybody else, you'd be like, "Couldn't you just hire someone who's competent?" Um, <laughs> like, you know, and just try to resolve things with your daughter without having to force her to work for you. Like that just, I, I think yeah. it, 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 it's, it's meant to seem like a sweeter gesture than it is. But you know. John Shea's a good actor, so he kind of sells the sadness of, you know, at least he gets to see his daughter each day, even if she walks out of the room every time he walks in, which is like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And she's changed her surname so that she doesn't want to associate with him at all. And mm-hmm. she always calls him Mr. Stein, which is an important plot point for the literally like the last line of the film. But it's, mm. it's like, okay. But I, I find it weird that we just like get the backstory 
Like, it's, it's, you know, it's like, it, it just doesn't feel like we really need it. Like, we could kind of infer that he did something and the mother died. And, you know, like, we could we could kind of get all that from the stuff that they've been doing earlier in the film. Like, you don't need it spelled out. Um, yeah, it's, it's not important that we have it spelled out, but we do need more time with him because it feels like... Yeah. The, the main point of this movie is that she has that that change of heart you know that's the one change she really makes you know aside yeah. from the, being a thriller about like will she be able to clear her name but you know so we do need that but we don't necessarily need it in the form of this interview with the cops <laughs> yeah I mean it did feel a little bit like exposition city population this guy I mean I was like yeah. okay you know and also, it like it feels like I mean I can understand maybe like her mother died soon after the affair, but it, it feels like an overreaction to them be like I don't want to talk to you ever again and like you know it's so uh, I mean maybe it's because I'm a child of divorce and I'm kind of like whatever people people break up like, like you know like you know all relationships are crumbling so it's like you know it's like maybe I'm I'm not that far invested in this kind of thing but it's like eh, like I, it feels like a slight overreaction from her. Um, but like you say, it's it's only really part of like the arc for later on in the in the film, yeah. isn't it? It's you know that's what I they're they're building to. I did uh, work with someone who did change his name for precisely that reason. Okay. So I I have heard it done, but he's the only person I've ever heard did that, and it did stand out because men don't usually change their last names. So it was like he changed his name. Why? <laughs> Does anyone yeah. know why? Did anyone ask? I don't want to ask. <laughs> Could you ask? Yeah. I mean, interestingly enough, my birth certificate has a different name to the one that I use. Um, what? But that's who yeah, are I, you? <laughs> <laughs> I, it has my mother's maiden name on my birth certificate because my okay. mom was unmarried when she. So you know, my name changed when she married anyway. But okay. uh, yeah, so if I wanted, I could use a different name. Um, but yeah, so it's it's kind of it's kind of yeah. It's, I mean, it's weird because I basically I have my father's surname, and my parents have been divorced since I was six. So if I wanted, I could have reverted to my birth name. You know, that yeah. that wouldn't have been. But yeah, it, but I do. I mean, you know, I like John Shea, so it's nice to get like a few more minutes with him um, because this is this is when we're actually going to finally figure out like what's going on um, in terms of of like the whole the whole deceit behind the boyfriend mm-hmm. um you know when she finally gets to her friend's house um and i don't know what happened to her hair i guess she she was rolled in the van and she's been doing some running through the woods mm-hmm. but for this one scene her hair just seemed to be all over the place and i was like <laughs> she's had a i mean I, well yeah but i was st- i was still like that like the hair seems worse than it would be at this point like i you know maybe that's just me but i was just like that was the one thing that really stood out when she got to the friend's house and also her friend is like you know should i do something with your leg the first aid or whatever and and she's like no no i need to i need to get access to these blueprints <laughs> it's like it's like no just just like redress your leg like the, you can do you can get to the blueprints afterwards you don't need like it felt like her urgency to try and solve this mystery was a little too kind of quick yeah um, but i you know i i like that they kind of finally explain um, what was going on. Um, yeah. And it is, uh, to be honest with you, I feel like if somebody took this film and remade it as like a big budget film, the the kind of the plot twist of it, like the, the whole premise for why this person was this person's boyfriend is a, an interesting plot. Let's say that. Like, it's yeah, an interesting it idea. Like... Yeah. So, but yeah, like, you know, he was only with her because he wanted to get access to a vault in this mm-hmm. building 
that was mm-hmm. only on the blueprints and that was kept secret from the county because you know mm-hmm. they wanted to keep it under wraps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that's a long way to go, like to be with someone for like three months to get access to a well, single blueprint so you can get access yeah. to a vault. Yeah, he. He bumps into her at a cafe because he knows that she is an architect working for the firm and that this firm has that client with the vault with the paintings that he wants to steal and starts charming her. And I think his idea is, is like, as soon as he has access to her place, um, he's going to be looking through all her blueprints that she brings home. And then uh, like a few weeks in, to their relationship he's able to do that and he and the two other guys steal the paintings and they have he well he takes actually he doesn't take it with the three other guys he takes it by himself he's supposed to wait for the two other guys and that's why the two other guys are like chasing him and trying to kill him is because he ran off with the paintings by himself and then he put it in <laughs> what you've been calling a business tube and yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't realize this uh but he, i guess he just like has been oh well he kept it in his car i guess i mean he hasn't been fun- able to offload this painting in the past three months yeah so, so effectively he's betrayed his friends to get access to this vault to steal this painting that he's hiding in this car um that isn't his car and that he keeps boxing her in with and mm-hmm. the, the the funny thing is, um, uh, hi, like hiding a painting inside um, a blueprint tube mm-hmm. is part of the plot of the film Trance, starring James McAvoy. <laughs> so it's like oh. um, he steals a painting and puts it inside a tube and then uses that to, like, you know, uh, take it out. So it's like, that's weird. Because I was like, oh, so I don't know if this, I don't know if the writer of this saw that because obviously that film came out a few years ago now. And was like, oh, that's an interesting idea, putting paintings inside one of those tubes. Um, but yeah, so like, but I mean, it's weird because it's like, it, if you're stealing, I mean, the problem with stealing paintings is, um, and this goes with most art, is it's hard to get rid of. Like, if you wanted, you can go and you can go and steal the Mona Lisa, and this has mm-hmm. happened a couple of times. People mm-hmm. have stolen the Mona Lisa, um, and the Mona Lisa only actually really became notable when it was returned. Uh, yeah. the last time somebody stole it so you could steal the Mona Lisa but there's no one you can sell the Mona Lisa to because right. as soon as you try and sell the Mona Lisa people will be like this is the Mona Lisa and they'll turn you into the police <laughs> so <laughs> it's hard it's hard to like steal art and sell it That's the, even though art is extremely ridiculously valuable uh, mostly overpriced you know like you could steal an Andy Warhol from someone's house who's got an Andy Warhol but who are you mm. going to sell it to um, right. You know, because everybody will recognize it as, oh, this is a bunch of Marilyn Monroe's heads in different colors. <laughs> this is a Andy yeah. Warhol. And even so, if you were a person who wanted to buy stolen art, like, yeah. you have to buy it and then never tell anyone you have it. And part of the cachet of having art is being able to display it and be like, I'm the proud owner of this amazing artwork. So not being able to display it and tell people would just kill you inside i imagine if you had this piece of art that you loved <laughs> and yeah paid so, much for. so i think like the premise of i mean the premise of using the blueprints to find a vault in a building that is not on the blueprints that have been submitted to the county i think that's a that's a great premise i like that you know like oh, sure. using this using this architect to get access to the vault 
it, that's like an interesting idea. I was like, oh, that's you know, of course he just ended up staying with her because you know, he says. Well, she's he, great. Kind of, she makes him yeah. bacon. Well, this is it, you know, and she's and also she, earlier in the film she says she works from home, like she mentions that in passing. So obviously it means that of course she's bringing the blueprints home because she's working mm-hmm. on them at home. So it kind of makes sense that I mean I guess he got lucky because she could be somebody who doesn't work from home <laughs> and only works yeah. at the office. So then she'd never bring them back. But um, yeah, but why? I mean, you know, if you're if you're like a you know a high art theft person, you've obviously got someone that you're fencing it to. And they're going to give you money, and that's what you want. You don't want the art; you want the money. No. Yeah. So why betray? Why betray your partners? Why not just go with the plan and the three of you steal it and then split it three ways? I mean, I know he obviously it's because he's greedy, but it's right. like it just causes more hassle, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you know? because we never really find out about the buyer because it's not really important to the story. But no. it is weird that he. We don't know exactly when they stole when he stole it do we we know that that when she's talking to her friend and and her friend's like oh yeah that client of ours had it stolen i don't know do they say when it was stolen they i mean they mentioned they mentioned the murphy building and they're like oh yeah there was a murphy building that had the vault in that we didn't tell anybody about because it was on the blueprints but it wasn't on the blueprints we submitted to the county so she kind of talks about that but she says a few months ago so she doesn't oh, really... so he's been holding on to this for a few months. I or or that or that was a dry run for I don't know. Like it's yeah, it's no, it's kind he of has weird. The painting though. Yeah, but I'm like yeah. So but it, it seems like that it seems like that maybe happened at the start of their relationship, like within the first couple of weeks. Maybe that's that's the way I took it. It's so crazy um, though because paint aren't aren't paintings supposed to be these delicate little things that you can't. Like, just leave in the trunk of your car for a few months? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it depends on the age of the canvas. But, yeah. like, you know, and of course a lot of, like, art restoration involves, like, uh, you know, making the canvas so that it won't deteriorate. So I'm guessing that this is, you know, if this if this painting is valuable enough, it's probably been treated so that the canvas will, will kind of hold up. But still, yeah, just, like, rolling it up and sticking it in a tube and putting it in the back of your car for three months. <laughs> Sounds crazy. Yeah, I mean... Also, I, I mean why have they only just now found him like his partners have been trying to find him for the past few months and they've only just now found him i guess yeah i mean this is this is what some people call the agatha christie problem uh which is in a lot of agatha christie's novels the murderer is revealed and then you find out they've been waiting 15 years to kill this person and you're like when you kill him 15 years ago like by waiting that long you've given like you've made yourself the obvious person that poirot is going to pick out in this room because you know um even even like uh murder on the orient express which obviously has more than one one killer um all of them have basically waited years to kill the to kill that person it's like why didn't they do this sooner? And yeah, like, why didn't he off offload this this painting quicker? Like, it just it seems like a weird thing that he's hung on to it for so long. Um, but I, I guess he kind of excuses it by you know, he, you know, instead of just the deceit, he became the boyfriend. You know, like he really he got deep into that role. But it's like, <laughs> I mean, how good are those bacon sandwiches? They can't be that good, can they? <laughs> um. Anyways, so now she understands what's going on. The police go to Karen's house. She slips out the back. I guess there are no police uh, officers around the back of this building. And yeah. uh, they talk to Karen about if she's heard from Annie, who's now on the run. Um, Annie and Karen hatch a plan 
to where um, she's going to grab the tube with the painting in it out of the office, put it in a dumpster, and then she, Annie, is going to pick it up from the dumpster and I guess go to the police station and be like, I brought this painting. It's evidence. What is her plan after that? Does she have a plan after that? I, it didn't seem completely... This is why I didn't <laughs> think that was her friend from work. Because obviously when she goes to the office, they don't seem to know who she is. Or they don't seem to want to let her into Annie's office. Or like... So it didn't kind of make sense to me. But um, she, yeah. She's not being put off of being allowed into the office. She's acting super suspiciously. And then yeah. the um, two guys who are now working together to try and get the painting the boyfriend and uh, the other dude, they go yeah. to the office and they're like, hey, could we have an appointment? And she's like, um, I guess. <laughs> what, I, what, I, desk. <laughs> what I love is she's like, take a seat. And they take a seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like you're trying to you're trying to sneak into the office to, to get, like, couldn't he just say, oh, I'm, I'm Annie's boyfriend. Uh, she's, you know, she's left something in the office, going to go get it. Like, instead, she's like, take a yeah. seat. And they sit... They sit patiently for five minutes while yeah. the friend is rooting around in the office. And I was like, that's a weird supervillain move. Like, you're the bad guys. You don't have to take a seat. You could... I don't know. I just thought that was funny. I thought it was a nice little touch that they, 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 they like paid attention to the you know the decorum of the office. It's like, just take mm-hmm. a seat in reception for me. It's like, okay, I guess. Um, yeah, they don't seem to have yeah. much of a plan. Anyways, um, Karen uh, has her phone with her. And her uh, friend Annie is across the street. She sees the guys go in. She starts freaking out, starts calling her. Fortunately, her dad is there and is able to reroute everything. But we don't know this until later. Um, And then we see Karen go one direction and the guys go the other direction. I don't know why they don't split up and go one direction each, but they decide to both go the wrong direction. And Karen puts the tube in the dumpster. Annie goes to get the tube. We see her with the tube. The guys find her next to the dumpsters. And then the police come and you're like, hooray, the police have come. She can be like, look, this is a painting. It's their painting. They're thieves. And see, my boyfriend's real. He's right there. And they're trying to kill me. And like, or that one guy's trying to kill him in order to get me to give him the painting. And now everything's sorted out. But she's like, no, I'm going to continue to run from the police because I've already, like, run from the police and, and that's illegal. So I have to keep running for the rest of my life, I guess. So then she, like, throws the uh, tube at the at her boyfriend and the man holding the gun on her boyfriend and runs away. Yeah. And what confused me slightly was the fact that she ran away from the police because I was yeah. like, oh, are the, are the police in on this? painting thing as well is this like a third partner that we we're not aware of and it's like no she's just running from the police yeah and then there's a nice little moment in like the the garage where like this old couple are like walking through and the police officer's like hey get, get back get out of here get back and it's like what <laughs> like, i like i didn't think it was that urgent i thought he could have just said to them oh you know just kind of stay keep your distance because i'm following this woman or whatever but like he makes it seem like there's like a, an active shooter or something it seems a little bit kind of urgent um but yeah, and we I I like the little reveal that like the dad was involved in the switcheroo. Like they, you know, like they, they kind of do a kind of Ocean's Eleven type thing where they're like, "Here's how mm-hmm. we did it," and it's like it wasn't that difficult. It's just two tubes, no. and you just swapped <laughs> them over. Like, like. Yeah, because um, I don't know how it happens. I guess 
there's only what two police officers there one police officer pursues annie yeah and then the other one stays with the other two and then one of them the the boyfriend ben gives them the slip and he has the tube now and then he opens the tube and he sees that it's just blueprints and the painting's not there and And that's when we get that little flashback isn't it to the the switching room because annie Um, is now in her dad's car and her dad and her have that conversation that shows that he helped switch out the tubes so that karen was able to ditch blueprints in the dumpster instead yeah which like it it feels a little bit like why did she need to put him in the dumpster like (laughs) well it would only make sense if like the dudes i guess because they knew the dudes were coming that they were gonna see her put it in the dumpster but because they like go the wrong way it ends up like I guess they end up finding the dumpster later, but I guess they just assumed, oh, they're going to follow Karen to the dumpster and grab it out of the dumpster. And that does kind of happen because Annie goes to get it. But, like, Annie doesn't need to go get it if it's not the actual painting. So Annie shouldn't be there. They should be there looking around the dumpster. It doesn't really make any sense. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, if if you're going to do a dead drop, why are you doing it into that dumpster? Why are you putting it in the dumpster? Why not just put it under the dumpster and then just run away? Like, it feels like putting it in the dumpster is like a weird kind of, like, it seems like a good idea. And then, like, three seconds later, it's like, oh, and then they come and take it straight out of the dumpster. So what was the point of that? I mean, if she wanted, Karen could have just stood there and given them the tube and then ran away. Like, I I don't know. I just, I thought the whole dumpster thing was a little bit weird. But, you know, at least we know that dad is on board now with. Right. And she's trusting her dad to help her. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's that's a nice little progression. Yeah. So and then we... he says that, oh, I'll help you escape the country and you can be on the run for the rest of your life. And then she's like, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It feels like that's not a, a, a road you want to go down. Um, I mean, once you choose that road, that's pretty much the road you've chosen for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, like that's it. That, there's no other road. Once you're yeah. once you're on the run, that's it. That's the end. You're yeah. always on the run now. Yeah. Um, so unless you turn yourself in and then you're in prison so yeah you know so i guess they contact the police to do this um sting operation with the boyfriend but we don't see that we just see later that the the police are listening into a conversation she's having with the boyfriend but she calls the boyfriend and says meet where we last uh where we first met and then she goes to the uh restaurant rooftop thing and she has the tube with the actual painting in it and then he shows up and um he basically confesses to everything (laughs) yeah he well he confesses to everything that's been going on which i think at this point we kind of already know so it it feels Mm -hmm. like we're going over old ground a little bit he could have just said oh you know what's going on and she could have been like yeah and then but then he's kind of like yeah but you know to get him talking though yeah but now he's like, oh, but, you know, I, obviously I, I only got together with you, uh, you know, so I could get the access to these blueprints. Um, but, you know, in the end, I kind of fell in love with you. And she's like, oh, you know, I was considering marrying you and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, OK, this sounds like they were in a serious, serious relationship. Um, and then she kind of takes out her phone and is like, ha ha ha. <laughs> <And I was> like, <laughs> yeah, I never understand why 
people will out themselves in these situations. It's like, obviously, when the police finally come, he'll understand, like, oh, you are working with the police. Like, he's already going to know that in, like, a minute. So just keep your cool, lady. Gosh. (laughs) Yeah. But then, of course, she says, oh, he's got a gun. And then, of course, that's what brings all the police out. Yeah, but Um, they don't come for, like, another five minutes. Where are they? (laughs) They should be in the building ready to go and grab him. And, like, they don't grab him immediately because they want to keep him talking so that they have evidence against him, which I guess is kind of entrapment, but is okay in this instance for whatever reason. I don't well, really understand also, how entrapment works, I'll be honest. But There's also no there's no <laughs> undercovers. Like, why is there not, like, an undercover on, like, the next right. table? There should be, like, a waiter who's not really a waiter. <laughs> yeah, who but has like, a suspiciously large bolt in his pocket because he's obviously a police officer that's undercover. Like there should, like if if Oliver if Oliver or Ben or whatever his name is, which is exactly what the police officer says when they arrest him, like yeah. whatever your name is. Um, if he if he spotted that there was somebody undercover that was there, and then that's what started the whole fight over the painting. I would have been like, oh, that makes sense. But instead, yeah. her just taking out the phone and being like, you just confessed. It's like, and why did you angry, do that? And then he takes out a gun. And then she's yeah. like, uh, oh no. And then she like pauses and she's like, is that a gun or something? I don't know what she <laughs> says. I should yeah. have written it down. But it was funny because I would have Im- immediately been like, a gun <laughs> so that like the police listening in would know there's a gun but i feel like she waits like i don't know 10 seconds oh there's another weird thing earlier in the movie she goes to work the police officers are there they're about to arrest her her boyfriend's in the car in the parking structure next to her workplace and instead of her saying my boyfriend who you think is fake is real and is in the parking structure please go grab him. She's just like, all right, I'll go down to the station with you. And doesn't explain anything. <laughs> like, he's right there. If you want them to go and question him, like, I know that you love him or whatever, but why are you not explaining? Because they don't even think he's real. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, it is weird that she says, oh, he's got a gun a little bit too late. And then yeah. this is where everybody who's listening in, we kind of cut to that. And then everybody kind of like runs out of the room. And then they say to the dad, stay there. And they're like a block away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is and this is where I feel like the dad should have been like, no, no, no. Like, you know, my, my, my daughter's life is in danger. I'm going to go help. Which might be a bit foolish because obviously, you know, he's just a civilian. But it right, feels like this would have been the moment for him to kind of really like, you know, get involved and, you know, run out there and punch Oliver in the face or something. But instead he just sits down and goes, okay. And it's like. So your daughter's in danger. At least, kind of, I don't know. I thought it was a weird moment. Um, mm. Yeah, you know. most and then action an- movies would make the dad into like the guy that is able to head him off, and then the police like arrest him or something. You know. Yeah, I want. I want. I wanted him involved in that little final scene. I wanted him to do something other than the kind of just appearing after everything's resolved and just running he out and being like, "Hey, her a ride," and she takes it, <laughs> and that's yeah. very meaningful. Don't take away the fact that he drives a car. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I well, yeah, and obviously during this fight, the you know she she throws the painting over the edge of the building, and it like Which, it why? bounces. <laughs> well, it it bounces. I, she's just doing it as a distraction, I think. But it bounces on like the the edge, the bricks on the edge of the building, and then it falls onto this little shelf. And then of course Oliver like runs over, and <laughs> just jumps off the edge of the building uh, to go retrieve it. <clears throat> And then he's hanging, and I was thinking, he's hanging by he's hanging by like his his fingers, and 
Annie chooses not to pull him up, and I was like, "That's a like that's a bold choice for her to make." But it's like, you know, she she's kind of almost conflicted about whether or not she should save her boyfriend from falling fifty stories and splatting on the pavement. Like, yeah, um, well, he did pull a gun on her, so I mean, he he did, yeah, but and also moment. we have had already one, you know, John Doe has been killed, and we've already had a cop killed in this, but it's it felt like a weird moment because it's like. I understand he's in peril, and she, and and then when the cop pulls pulls him up, because uh, the cop comes over eventually, like she walks away, and the cop comes over. Um, as the cop's pulling up, he's like, "What about the painting?" And it, and the guys and the cop goes, "Don't worry about the painting." And it's like, what weird? Because then as he's being pulled up, like Oliver just grabs the painting like tube as he comes up, and it's like, "Well, what was the what was all that talk about the painting when he was just gonna?" And then he gets taken off him immediately. I was like. That was a weird bit of business to put in there about like him worrying about the painting, um, but yeah, I I mean it feels like the the ending could have been a bit crazier other than him just hanging on with his fingers for like <laughs> twenty seconds, you know. Yeah, this this movie is weird in terms of pacing and and in terms of like what it wants to spend time on, like. Yeah there should have been more moments where she was trying to hide from that guy in the woods. And I'm sure there were, should have been a way of making that seem really tense and it really wasn't. And then he like falls off the side of a building and that could have been really tense. And then they immediately undercut it by pulling him up almost immediately after he's done that. So it's like, Oh, well, never mind. (laughs) And in the same way she gets the confession out of him and is like, you just confessed. And then it's like, (laughs) <laughs> it feels. I mean, and then like literally after he's arrested and taken away, we've got like about forty-five seconds left, and in that time, uh, Annie then you know that we finish the most important arc, and she she you know talks to Mister Stein, but this time she calls him Dad, yeah. um, and it's like ah oh, okay all right, and then the film just finishes, and I was, <laughs> I was like that's a bit sudden. I, it is very abrupt the ending. I did yeah, love I, the um. The fight scene, because I think there's like, what, five or six shots of a stunt person. <laughs> and in this yeah. case, the, it is very well lit. <laughs> it is not yeah. like the woods. And that wig just looks wiggier the more you see it. Because <laughs> it's so much brighter than her hair. <laughs> yeah, and I I mean, you know, I, I, I like this, this film doesn't really have that much in terms of like action. You know, obviously we've got the crash, which they've replayed for us. Mm-hmm. Um, the running through the forest, I guess, is a mm-hmm. bit of action, and then this fight, um, and I was like, okay, you know, it was an okay fight, um, but it gets to like her throwing the painting and and Oliver hanging on the edge of the building pretty quick, um, uh, and I would have even liked like if there'd have been a scene after you know Annie calls Mister Stein Dad, if we'd have gone back to the office like one more time. And then, you know, it, we would have had an acknowledgement that they've resolved their, their things. And now someone calls her, like, you know, Annie Stein. And it's like, oh, you know, it's been resolved. And, you know, or it's a happy they ending. start their. Oh, wait, is he the one who owns the architecture firm that they're working at? Yes, it's or his no? firm, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, okay. You see, so it would I... have been better if they both. Well, then I guess it wouldn't work because he is the one who made her work for him. But it would have been cool if they were working at a firm together because there's not like very many architecture firms in the area and she doesn't want to move from the area and she like has to work with him and she doesn't like it. And then at the end, you see them opening up a firm together and it's like Stein and daughter or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Or just Stein and Stein. 
Stein and, and like, Stein. Oh, and then you're like, she oh, changed. she's a Stein again. <laughs> yeah. Like something to it, but instead of just like abruptly ending after she's like, okay, dad. And you're like, okay. And then the fade straight to black. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's the end of the film. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> When he was hanging off the edge of the thing, I was like, "There's not much. There's not many minutes left of this thing. Like, what's going to happen?" <laughs> and then he was just arrested <laughs> instantly. And then yep. I was like, "Okay." But I did like that the cop literally calls out that nobody actually knows Oliver's name. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a nice touch, where he's like, "You know, you're under arrest, Oliver Graham or Ben or whatever your name is." <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because I think the arresting officer is the detective's um, what do you call it? Uh, partner. Yeah. And um, that is, his name is Detective Scott, and he's played by Channon Voice. And okay. there's um, the bad guy who works with um, Oliver slash Ben is named Robbins, and he's played by Gabe Kasdorf. And <laughs> I watched this with um, my family, and my mom thought they were the same guy, so... I kept on waiting for like the reveal of like, oh, the police are in on it and they're letting him get away. And but the, of course that never happened because they're two different people. But they they look so similar. They both have beards that are red. And how many times do you have two redheaded men with beards? Like that's super often. <laughs> so I mean, I like, oh, I was going to say I people. did I did mix them up myself when when there was a whole dumpster scene. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh, wait there, is that that? I was like, are the police on in it? Like, I was, I was thinking the police were in on it as well. But then I was like, oh, no, wait there, that's that's the other guy. Um, so it, it was a little bit confusing. But yeah, that like, I mean, come on, casting department. Try yeah. and make one of them shave it into a goatee or a mustache or something. Right. Just, <laughs> like, it, feels, it feels like you could try a little bit harder. Um, Give the bad you know. guy a scar. <laughs> well... Um, I, the funny thing is, of course, you know, there is a, a trope which is um, uh, a blonde brunette redhead, which is if you have, you know, three women in any kind of media, you always have a blonde, a brunette and a redhead. So you can tell them apart and, they all, you know, and always like the redhead is always like fiery and angry. And, the you know, the blonde is always, you know, kind of, a, you know, a bit dim and the, the brunette is always like kind of bookish. So, you know, at, le- at least in this film, they kind of distinguish the female lead and her friend a little bit. Um, and the detective, like they, you know, they all they were all different people. You could tell them apart, but the fact that they had like a police officer who looked like the accomplice, it was like, <laughs> it's like, come on, like let's at least make one of them blonde, like yeah, <laughs> you know, let's 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 go kind of you know blonde brunette redhead with the, the guys in this film at least, so we can tell them apart. It's, it was a bit confusing, um, but yeah. So I mean, it, it ended so abruptly. I personally thought that my copy of it was something was wrong with it. I was like. <laughs> Is this the correct? Like I, I mean, I double checked, but I was like, oh, it is meant to. It is meant to finish like that. <laughs> I was, yep, at first, I was like, end. have I accidentally got the like a wrong copy that just finishes quickly? But no, I guess they were out of there pretty quick. They were like, we can show you the crash twice in full, <laughs> but yeah. we can't give you any resolution. Um, yeah, there's you know. there's three lifetime endings. There's this one, the super abrupt one. There's yeah. the somewhat abrupt one but there's like some sort of witty line that gets tossed out at the end that feels tonally inappropriate for all the trauma that's just happened or there's the one where it's like oh look at this family now that they've gone through this horrible thing it's been six months later or whatever and they're having breakfast together and everything's lovely again and then you get that like bit of and 
they have their happy ending and then or you might get the opposite where you see the villain and the villain is in prison or in a mental institution and you see that they're still like scheming to get vengeance or whatever so so i guess there's like four endings that could happen in a lifetime movie (laughs) yeah i'd be interested because i never actually saw the lifetime movie of the client list that led to the tv show so i'd be interested in finding out which ending they went with for that because it feels like they left it open for it to turn into a tv series but from what i understand the pilot like the film is not actually connected to the show in the same way like it has some of the same characters and it has roughly the same premise but it isn't actually a continuation of the film it's a it's a separate thing um, so I'd be interested to find out which ending they went with originally for that because I feel like the, you know, she, maybe they would go with like the happy ending of like everything's been resolved with a family and now she owns a business or something like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this super abrupt ending and then I was like, okay, I guess that's the film then. I, <laughs> I, I guess they're done. Um, but I did love the premise of like a person deliberately getting together with an architect so that they can get access to blueprints so they can find a vault so they can steal a painting like that's a long yeah. it's a long it's walk a long to get to the actual like to get to the scheme mm-hmm. uh, it feels like there's a quicker way to do it but i did like the <laughs> the fact that like a guy was like i'll pretend to be this person's boyfriend <laughs> the confidence to just be able to be like i can bump into this random person and i'm so handsome they'll be my girlfriend that's yeah. you know that's that's a step straight away yeah. Um, but then to use that, like the fact, like I mean, I don't know if it if it was a male architect that was working on this particular building. I mean, would he have gone in that direction? Would he have? I don't, how willing was he to steal this painting? You know, would be my be, would be my question. Uh, I guess he looked out that it was it was you know Annie, but you know, so it's, yeah, it feels like a really up unless and then he's like, oh, she's not my type. He's like, I'm going to come up with a different plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe this is like this is what maybe maybe they tried something else and then they were like, hold on a second, the architect working on this is an attractive woman. <laughs> you know, let's from there they kind of because it feels cooks? like oh my goodness, I gotta gotta make sure I, I get this woman. <laughs> yeah, if, it feels like it's the kind of thing where if you were sitting with your your partners in crime and you were like, okay, I'm gonna randomly bump into this architect lady so that I can get access to these blueprints so we can find out about this vault so that we can steal these paintings. By the second sentence, I'd be his accomplices going, <laughs> hold on a second, what? Like, uh, huh? <laughs> like, it just, it, it feels like a whole bunch of steps. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the moral of the story is do not box your girlfriend in because if she takes your car, then your entire scheme will be found out. Yeah. Well, I don't drive I myself we... personally, so I'm not boxing <laughs> anybody in, so it doesn't apply to me. Well, I think we've come to the part where we can judge this movie in terms of quality and in terms of mockability. So for me, uh, one to five stars, uh, starting at five stars, that wig takes a star off of it from the top. That <laughs> wig is uh, inexcusable. Like, take some money away from, uh, I don't know, the, the crash or from whatever you spent money on and spend a little bit more on hair and makeup. Um, then it's not very tense. Uh, no. It, there's, it's supposed to be a thriller. I, I felt, you know, nary a chill during this entire film. So uh, I'm taking this star away from that. I felt like she's a good actress, but... She's kind of so level-headed and so okay with the process of 
trying to figure out what's happening and talking to the police. And I'm like, I want a little more emotion considering all the crazy things that are going on with you right now. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm down to uh, two stars. <laughs> uh, it, th- there's bits of this movie that are pretty confidently made, uh, but still it's, it's just not, it's not a tight thriller and it's that wig is crazy. Um, in terms of mockability, one to five wigs, um, I'd, I'd give it maybe three wigs. I mean, the wigs itself are nutty. Um, and then the switcheroo with the, the tubes is, is a fun thing. Uh, also, I, I I was watching this with my sister and there was a good chunk of the movie where she thought, oh, so he had to date an architect because she has tubes for his paintings that's what the <laughs> twist is <laughs> I was like I don't think so and she's like it might be <laughs> and then we got to the scene where we finally understood what was going on and she's like oh that makes more sense um, so <laughs> uh, just uh, you know watching it with my sisters who are you know crazy uh, I'll give this three wigs I mean, I would, yeah, I mean, th- like, the idea that the premise is he's dating her for office supplies, I think is even more crazy than, <laughs> I mean, I think those tubes are, like, 20 quid, you could just pop down yeah. and buy a couple, like, it's not, you know, they're, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you could get some off Amazon for, you know, like, three for for 50 quid or something, like, uh, yeah, but I, I don't, I mean, like, in terms of the quality, I think, yeah, you're right, there is no, there's no real tension, I think that's the problem that I had with it, like, until we find out the premise, like, for the first half of it, like, even, like, we have the crash, we circle back, we get all the way up to the crash again, and we still haven't hit upon the actual kind of central premise of the fact that, like, it was for the blueprints. Like, it takes until she escapes and gets to a friend's house, and then they realize that the Murphy building was robbed, and it was for the blueprints, and then you're like, oh, that's why he was going out with her. And that's, like, an hour into the film, and it's, like, it, you know, and like you say, she is extremely level-headed, like, you know... It, even when she's being like stopped for the tail like she's just like this this is my boyfriend's car and then he's like oh well you know we've got to take you down the station she goes down the station and then she leaves and it's like i mean like they don't even arrest her for anything like, with this bloody knife and so it, yeah. it feels like it's white they, privilege you know, the movie <laughs> yeah I, I yeah i guess you know she's a pretty brown lady so who's going to arrest her for anything like but but it, it i don't know it, it feels it feels really weird because it's like i i feel like there is n- there is no real kind of tension even when she's like hobbling around and you're like yeah you know it, it feels like that should be more of a detriment like she should be more easily caught um, but it's like, no, she just, she still just does everything that she needs to do. And then, you know, her dad kind of comes around pretty quick to the idea of helping his daughter out. And it, like, it feels like there's, you know, that kind that's the only real kind of development that happens in the film. Uh, and, you know, as a main character, she doesn't seem to really learn anything other than don't trust men, which I feel should be a default position anyway. But, you know, <laughs> so it, you know, it takes her a while to reach the obvious, but, and even then, like the fight happens and he falls off the edge of the building, but he's, he's hanging there for like 20 seconds before the cop just pulls him up and it's like what the like you know if he'd have fell off and splattered that would have been uh, you know a more interesting ending but it just yeah. feels like it feels like no one even when he's pulling the gun out it doesn't feel like anyone's in danger and no. um you know I, I feel like if you're going to have like a melodramatic movie you need at least you know to at some point say girl you're in danger but girl is never in danger in this so <laughs> it, 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 yeah so i would say uh, and like I got the like the central actress, she's good, but 
you know, because literally nothing seems to phase her, it's like, well, you know, I want my actors to be a bit more animated when when their when their lives are being threatened, or when yeah. when your boyfriend breaks into your house, erases all evidence of him, and then turns up again to admit that he did that. Like it feels like you should be angry or something, but you know. So I wouldn't go more than a two out of five. I wouldn't even say that the premise is too crazy either. I mean, when you sum it up as her going out with like someone going out with her just to get access to blueprints so that they can rob a vault, it does seem a little crazy, but. In the film, it never feels like they ever kind of emphasize that. Like, at no point does she say to him, you know, you only went out with me because she wanted access to blueprints. Like, if she'd have had a moment where she laid the premise out like that, so you could go, oh, yeah, this is crazy. I feel like it'd be more crazy. Um, so I'd say maybe two wigs for the craziness, you know. I, I, if if something's going to get crazy, I want to, I want it to really get crazy. Yeah. It just felt like it was kind of operating... You know, on a on a kind of like steady five, when you want to want it turned up a little bit to ten at some point, and it, mm-hmm. it's just it was just kind of at a medium for the whole the whole way through, and in particular the first hour, I was literally legitimately being like, what is what is going on in this film? What's the point of this film? <laughs> like, you know, her boyfriend seems a bit sketchy, and it's like okay, but like that's because she sketched him. Yeah, it, I just the, the, like yeah, he and then he was a sketch. So it's like, well, where's like, where's the tension? Like, you know, she goes to the office and Oliver Graham doesn't exist, and she doesn't get angry or like, you know, she's he he just turns up and he's like, oh yeah, I'm not Oliver, and she's like, okay, oh, okay, but you're gonna <laughs> yeah. turn yourself in, right? And he's like, sure, and she's like, I believe you, and it's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like I said, like for, for you know, she starts off being reasonably, you know, she's a go-getting businesswoman who, you know, as we say, she knocks it out of the park. Uh, there's no, there's no, there's no kind of you can't say she doesn't knock it out of the park because that's what she does. She gets it done, and yeah. while she's doing all that, that's it. Like all the exposition at the, the start and her kind of being a busy businesswoman who never gets a chance to go to the gym, which I, you know, I liked as a little reoccurring thing, and she's getting mad <laughs> at being boxed in. Like it seemed like she was doing a very kind of like. Um, you know, Melanie Griffiths in Working Girl kind of thing at the start. And then yeah. she kind of got progressively stupider just so that the plot could take hold. And then towards the end, she suddenly realised that she was being a bit dumb. And so, you know, it, it just felt like there was no real consistency. You know, I liked her at the start and I liked her at the end, but in the middle it felt like a bit of a slog. Yeah. Well, um, I want to thank you for being on. Thanks very much. No problem. And... Uh... Can you tell the good people where they can find you and your stuff? Uh, well, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, if you just go to my actual name on Twitter, which is Darren Husted, H-U-S-T-E-D, um, on, on, on my bio, I've got a link to the many podcasts that I've done, uh, which, like I say at this point, six or seven of them, eight of them, I don't know. There's going to be a new one starting up soon, uh, which I don't have an exact date on, so I'm not going to plug here, but, uh, you know, uh, if you just follow my normal Twitter, uh, then I will be tweeting about that. Fantastic. Uh, and just real quick, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Grace Tomzak and Logan uh, McKee or Mackey. I'm not sure which way. Um, I want to shout them out because they have uh, become Patreon members. Thank you, guys. Uh, if you want a shout out, then you can go to patreon.com and look for not another bad movie podcast uh i also want to give a shout out to mike bustillos who composed the theme music to at the start of the show uh if you want to follow uh me on twitter it's at nabm podcast 
if you want to tell your friends who don't listen to podcasts normally where they can find me it's not another bad movie podcast.libsyn.com l-i-b-s-y-n uh tell your friends who do listen to podcasts to go to the usual spots and you can also email me at not another bad movie podcast at gmail.com and because it's july there's gonna be a another episode this month for christmas in july so look out for that thanks again darren for being on appreciate it Thanks for having me.